remix. <laughs> yeah, none of you should be listening to us anyways, and this is what you get. <laughs> Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan, and I am Jeff Burns, and we are going to be talking about the formative years of console gaming as we traverse the periodicals that covered it again. This is a game episode, and as the previous mag episode laid before us, or behind us, I guess now, uh, we will be discussing Metal Gear on the NES. And before we jump into that, we'll do what we're playing. Jab, what are you playing? I played Metal Gear, I, I, and I only played it for a few <laughs> days. I didn't... I was really busy this past couple of weeks, and uh, I actually didn't play a lot of video games at all. So, uh, yeah, my, my second is pretty short. Yeah, really, mine, mine is too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did pick up Red Dead uh, again uh, a couple times, uh, not a ton. I, I am dutifully up to 67% of the story completed. Okay. Uh, it's just like fucking ho-hum, pressing through it, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's still, yeah, I mean, it's it's the story's good, but the game, I just, it's fucking it's just like witcher actually in that the mm. uh, like the the action now the the battles are just there's no challenge to it it is just moving that cursor around hammering on the button till the x turns red and that's when the guy dies it's like it's it's red when it's it's white when you're not on an enemy it, it turns like it's a little white dot it turns into a red little red dot when you land on an enemy which it kind of auto focuses slash lands on anyways you just got to kind of get it in the vicinity of and then right. it'll, tr- it'll, it'll track them even as they move it'll so auto aim for you yeah and it turns red mm-hmm. on them which maybe you can turn off and make it harder i don't know so maybe that's not a good criticism but uh yeah it turns red when you land on them and then you just keep hitting the button until it turns into an x and that's when you know they died and you right. can move on move on to the next instance of that uh, very repetitive process right. uh, and that's all the battles are and it's like you know, occasionally, if you don't, you know, you just use the, if you use cover with any level of proficiency, proficiency at all, you're not going to die. Uh, and again, maybe that's a damage. I'm, I'm sure it is a damage setting. I'm sure you can get fragged on one bullet or something if you want. But I mean, what, what, what's, that's not a fun switch either. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Uh, so yeah, man, just fucking plotting through it. I had designs on picking up Metroid uh, and Zelda for that second quest again this week, but it, it just never fucking happened. I had a ton of work shit as well, so. Yeah, some games, uh, like... I mean, I haven't played Red Dead, but some games, like, you hit a certain point where, like, you're playing it, and it's fun, and it's new, and then, like, this is kind of happening with Subnautica. Uh, like, I was playing it, it was fun, it was new, and then at a certain point, I was like, I should really just finish this game. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if that makes it, like, not a great game, or, you know, it doesn't necessarily make it a bad game, but, like, it happens. Yeah, if it was if it was awful, you wouldn't even want to do that, you know? Right. So there's, I'm, I'm not saying it has no merit, but it is definitely repetitive and the only thing uh at this point that i'm into is seeing the story out because it, the story is getting complex but or even more complex it was complex in the beginning but the story is good the writing is great um there's almost so much of it i mean there's sometimes where i'm just like like i even like i'm sitting here saying this as i'm also saying i care about the story a great deal and it's pretty much the only thing keeping me playing that said there are times when there's these fucking dialogue exchanges where i'm just like ah. And then, like, and it's new information too. It's not like it's repetitive, repeating the same shit. But like some right, of these like, conversations, this is in theory, why you're here, right? And, yeah, and there's conversations between Dutch and and uh, 
um, Arthur, the fucking guy, your your character. That I'm just like, fuck, I, I, let's go, let's get to the place. Because yeah. <laughs> they always happen. It always happens like you gotta like ride your horse somewhere, and that's when the, a lot of these things happen. Uh, these these big dialogue exchanges, and it's just like I'm just fucking hitting the button trying to get there, man. Like I just like. I can't listen to your story right now. Right. <laughs> I just need to get to the next step, please. Right. Um, so, yeah, I know, whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, so, let's uh, rip into Metal Gear for the NES. Outer Heaven music getting us started here. And first up is opening statement. Uh, I, I'm excited, man. There, it's, there was a lot, I remember, there was a lot of this game that was like, I knew exactly what to do because I'd done it a million times as a child. But there was plenty that I did not know, and it was a new experience. And, I mean, there were times, there was even a time where I had to, like, backtrack, where I was, like, had completely fucking did not do some like a critical thing <laughs> it had to like i basically i could have finished this in two days or two playthroughs or two sit downs however you want to describe that uh and i had to do a third one because of a the substantial thing that i left out and i was like i can't do that right now i gotta fucking just walk away and come back <laughs> right right because that actually does i had to backtrack a couple times too to get some equipment and yeah. uh, it was like when when I realized that I had to do it, I was just like, oh, motherfucker. Like I even died to try and get back as far as possible. And it just didn't. It, it was kind <laughs> of a pain in the ass. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, and I'm kind of surprised that you had uh, like a different experience, so to say, from what you remember and like experience things that you didn't remember because like not to like get into the game breakdown entirely. But this I found this game to be like. It didn't seem like there was going to be a lot of variance. Like, with the maps and what you have to accomplish, like, it's actually fairly linear. Linear, yeah, yeah. Though it is open world D in a way. Right, yeah. I mean, we were having this discussion before we jumped on. Uh, it is, it's like, it would require more analysis than I have done, uh, and I assume you have done as well, to really determine this. But yeah, like, uh, there were times where I was like, is, like, am I just, like, you know, this is laid out, yes, like, it's 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 certainly presented as an open world concept, uh, but is there, like, is this actually just, like, a, like, cut and paste, you know, like a level platformer kind of deal? Like, you know, or like a, a, a top-down uh, uh, thing, a top-down variation on, like, just a level-by-level -level platformer that you really couldn't, there isn't as much anywhere near as much yeah very linear i guess is, is, is a much easier way to put it um there there are certainly some times where it feels like that uh and i'm not sure how much you can actually get off the beaten path you know um anyhow we will get into that uh first up is the synopsis the game's premise revolves around a special forces operative codenamed solid snake who carries out a one-man stealth mission into the hostile nation of outer heaven to destroy a metal gear which is a bipedal walking tank capable of launching nuclear missiles from anywhere in the world. And the funny thing about that is that part, the last part, Metal Gear, <laughs> was removed from the NES port for technical reasons uh, that we will cover later. So really the whole basis of the game <laughs> in the NES sense uh, is kind of nullified uh, from the get-go, which is very funny. Uh, right, you never um, even see it. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is which dumb. would like I mean like a walking you know tank that can shoot nuclear missiles like that's silly in a way. I mean we could shoot missiles from anywhere on the planet already. Now, but not in 1987. This was a very forward-thinking, or, or relatively forward-thinking. Uh, uh, I mean, we had submarines that can hit anywhere they want. Yeah. Our ICBMs can hit anywhere they want. I mean, you don't need actually a tank carrying missiles would be a pain in the ass for you if you were trying to do that. But that's right, yeah. the point. Yeah. anyways, you never even see the fucking thing, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, in this version, which is funny. But yeah, we will cover that um, in depth later on, and the game format jab. Um, it's, ba- I mean, it's, it's just a, uh, like an overhead, um, I mean, I, it's, it's, side scrolling's not exactly right. It, it's, it's, it's an overhead, Wikipedia describes it as an overhead action adventure stealth video game. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first, if not, I think it's actually the first, um, uh, or considered to be the first, uh, game in like the stealth, uh, right. genre. Right. So, I mean, you, you navigate these uh, different areas like jungles and uh, enemy bases. And the, uh, the stealth aspect of it is actually pretty, pretty good. Like, when I first started playing, I very barely at all played this game. And I didn't believe that if, like, I was standing <laughs> right next to an enemy, but there was, like, pixels in between us, they wouldn't see me. But they really didn't. Yeah. So uh, the stealth aspect of this game is actually pretty damn good. If the enemies don't even if they're looking at you, if you're not directly in their line of sight, they won't react to you necessarily. So necessarily, yeah. And there's lots of you can, you know, the the cameras, you know, there's like a tactic with the cameras where you gotta, you know, if you keep underneath them, uh, you can walk under you can walk, you know, I mean because like the idea is that they're up on some sort of thing higher up on the wall. So if you walk close to the wall and you, you won't trigger them even if they pass by you, you know. So there's like little right. things like that 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 yeah, that that it would it's Super hard to fucking implement stealth as a concept into this rudimentary of a graphics graphic set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, so like yeah. some of it has to be done like like essentially you start this game like and the cameras are another one and I like I saw them and I was like there's no fucking way <laughs> that if I stand on the wall where the camera is it's gonna not see me but it doesn't. So yeah. uh, they they did a good job with the uh, stealth aspect yeah. of this game because it's a it's the first stealth game. Um, and B, like we were saying, with with such uh, limited hardware on the NES, you wouldn't you you think that this would be a disaster waiting to happen, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not a disaster. Well, yeah, definitely well, not a disaster. Definitely right. not a disaster. Uh, cool. All right. So the release, uh, it was uh, Konami released it on the MSX2 in July of '87, uh, which was like a the, 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 uh, that was in Japan, and uh, it hit the NES in June '88 uh, via Konami's Ultra. Uh, games banner uh, that shell company I have mentioned many times in the in the mag episodes uh, and next up any is there any uh, well sorry artwork first uh, the so uh, we, we did cover the box art pretty well in the in the issue episode but it is worth mentioning again because it's so significant I think that it's a blatant and exact ripoff of a still frame shot of Kyle Reese in the first Terminator uh, who gives a shit though it's awesome art you know I actually found that it wasn't just a ripoff I think he actually traced. That <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's what I mean. That's what I mean by exact and blatant. Like, yeah, it is. It is. Well, yeah, I, but I want to like be clear. Like, it's it, it's one thing to like take your quote unquote inspiration from something and then copy the exact same thing, but like he literally yeah. traced. Yeah, that's exact, man. That's exact. Yeah, well. uh, and it, it's even you know because it 
it was released in Japan first. And like, you know, once you start crossing international borders, like that kind of shit's like, nah, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, they, but it did come to, a, to the U.S. So it's funny that uh, they just stuck with it. Yeah, <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, it's good enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the back of the box was nothing special. Um, three screenshots. There's including the transceiver, which uh, was a unique thing about this game that I guess is worth advertising or, or marketing. Uh, but, um, yeah, there was those and obtuse blur about the plot line. That was about it. Nothing really to talk about. The manual is fun. Uh, not a ton of useful info, but lots of cool shit to look at and read on your way home from Toys R Us for sure. Lots of pictures and stuff. Um, a few things from it that I were worth writing down and talking about to me, little blurbs and stuff. Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, in kind of the explanation of, of your mission here, uh, there was a passage. The mission finally ends when you die. Or when you win, which is a very bleak. <laughs> yeah, okay. When you die. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of cool black and white art in here. There's like there's one of, of, of Snake uh, that's cool towards the beginning. You have drawings of all the items, or many of the items anyways. Uh, some of the enemies... The, the items have all each have like a little, you know, we talked about this itemized thing being cool. And I, I certainly enjoy it here. Uh, the items each have a little blurb about what it might do. It's not a total descriptor of, of, of how you could implement it in the game, but just kind of an allusion to, you know, how you might implement it uh, or, or might use it to solve whatever problem you're tasked with in the game, which is cool. You know, you know, I, I like that they're just teasing it and not giving you the whole thing. Yeah, um, you don't have to go in completely blind. Right. Right, exactly. Especially, yeah, and that's that's going back to that idea about you know the complexity of a stealth game uh, on this hardware, and you know with these, uh, given what the graphics are and like your ability to interpret, you know, you can't interpret everything as clearly as would be ideal for the problems that you're presented with in this game, stealth related and and, and otherwise too. Uh, and it, it, yeah, you, you, you have to have some level. And that, this also will get to the map that we talked about too, like, or we will talk about extensively rather. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they did a good job of walking that line of finding a way to make this format work as best as it could, given the constraints that they were forced to have, you know, um, right. Which is which is is cool and, and a very good job, I think, uh, because it could you know if you, you, and many Nintendo games do <laughs> they just drop you in and like I don't give a fuck I don't care you yeah they'll the fucking figure it out or don't like, yeah, yeah yeah we do go. not shit go right uh, and they did not do that they tried to you know. Um, Hold your hand a little bit, which was cool. Uh, there's and towards the end, there was a of the instruction manual going back to that. <laughs> there's a there's like a warnings page that I mean maybe most manuals had this in some form or another, but this one seemed really weird. It was like a full page thing, and it had all these warnings on it. And like the top of it was treat your Ultra Games cassette carefully. So first of all, they called it a cassette. I thought that was weird. Right. And then the, the the first bullet point was this Ultra Games cassette is a precision crafted device with complex electronic circuitry. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Again, patting yourself on the back. There, yeah, right? yeah. Like uh, it's a fucking Nintendo game. Slow yeah, down, dude. Boy. Fucking Roadrunner. Uh, the same thing, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, whatever. So yeah, I'll I'll, so. Th- I'll I'll throw the PDF link to that in the show notes. Uh, and then there's also as far as like. You know, th- again, pack in things and artwork kind of shit. There, there was a a very, very detailed pack in feely map that came with it, uh, and I will of course put the link to this. And we use it extensively to fucking play this game, or I certainly did. I, I hope you did. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's, you know, on t- it, like it is a map and it's, you know, there's screenshots, so it's not like, you know, it's not half-assed at all. There's screenshots with, you know, a very detailed key of where most, if not all the items in the game are, where bosses are. There's a damage table for the, for each weapon and the bosses, which is highly useful because you have so many weapons in this game and many of them in many of the cases do nothing to the bosses and if you did not have this map there'd be you would there's you know it's 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 not easily discernible whether you're doing damage some of the enemies you they do kind of do like a little flashing thing a little bit um but like that tank like you would just have no there's no way to you would never know if you were damaging it or not in fact i think i'm pretty sure even with this map uh as a kid i recall like not that t- I did not understand how to battle with that tank at first, and I spent a lot of time just fucking pissing bullets and and whatever else away. God, I can't um, fucking imagine doing that without a save state. <laughs> I can't fucking imagine. Uh, yeah, so absolutely critical to get anywhere in this game. Uh, but it's also a little overwhelming to look at too, because you know. And again, they tried to do you know uh, this was a, a very early to if not I mean, actually yeah. Check think about where we are in the um. In, in in the mag timeline you know like the we're not to any nintendo powers yet we haven't really seen those big screenshot layouts ever you know right. uh, we have little single screenshots here and there in nintendo fun club news but there's no like big layouts sprawling right. those zelda maps are, are illustrations you know like there's no uh they haven't done this yet so this was again one of those the, the, those instances of like having to blaze a trail a little bit and figure something new out that seems like no big deal to us now in present day but at the time was probably like how the fuck are we gonna do this <laughs> you know right like when i think of nintendo power like i i immediately snap back to um that final fantasy issue Right, and, like that is just loaded with maps, dude. And yeah. like, it's easy to think like, oh yeah, like it's always like that. You know, these are always available. But like, you know, like you were saying in the magazines that we're at now, they haven't done that. Yeah. And uh, to like, if Metal Gear had asked you to navigate this game without that map, that would have been <laughs> really impossible. fucked up. Fuck yeah. impossible. Absolutely fucking impossible. Uh, so, is there other than the stuff we've we've touched on already? Is there any notable history for this? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a fair amount, as you might imagine. With uh, with a series that ended up as big as this one did, right. um, Hideo Kojima, uh, which I think is a name that everyone knows. I hope I said it right. Probably not. That's pretty, but... close. That's pretty close. I think I, I've certainly heard that said. I mean, I'm not good with Japanese names either, but probably not the first time I've butchered a Japanese name in this podcast. Won't be the last either. Right. Um, so apparently, he took uh, this project over from someone else at Konami, who had originally intended this game to be like a uh, like a combat based like shooter game. I, I mm. think it was still like the same like top down look, but um, they wanted it to be a shooter. And Kojima kind of realized that those those suck, and they've been done a million times. <laughs> not only well, he, actually yes, in a way like he <laughs> they suck, and it would it would suck to do it again. But he like I think his logic was that they didn't really have the. Um, just the uh, processing power to do that correctly, so he decided to turn it into a stealth game, which right. I mean, it, it, yeah, it probably influenced a lot because this game, yeah, came out on the MSX, so it came out. You know, uh, one of the things that made the NES such a lockdown hit was because it was so much further ahead of where 
uh, computer gaming was, you know, um, technically, you know, as far as its ability to process fast paced action things, um, NES was way ahead of the curve, uh, there. So like modern day, like a PC, like PC gaming is, is, you know, you, you can do more consoles are great too. Of course they're dedicated to it, but you can, a dialed up PC is further along than even your best PlayStation. Xbox One thing. So, like, now PC gaming is ahead, but back then it was way behind. So, yeah, I'm sure when, given this was released on that first, I would think, yeah, he probably had much heavier limitations than what they had on the S, which is odd that then they lost Metal Gear. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works out, but anyhow, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no big deal. Oh, this, it was turned over, oh, the working title was um, called Intruder, so it's kind of like an allusion to, like, the stealthy aspect right. or, you know, focus of the game. Um, and so I get, and, and he actually, um, publicly disowned this because they, um, and when I say they, I mean, Konami turned over the source code to like another division of Konami to develop the NES version. And they told them to make it like, I, you know, what I said was to be as different as possible. Um, which which involves some level redesign. They moved like basements from some of the complexes. They just made them completely new buildings. Okay. Uh, the final boss was. This is yeah. I, I touched on. I I mentioned like I read something like that where because he wasn't involved with the sequel either, Snake's Revenge, uh, right. which uh, sucked. <laughs> uh, way worse than, in, in my opinion. Way worse. It was like a side scroller kind of deal. And like I remember, I remember getting it as a kid. Like after having had this and like being so fired up because the marketing sure. was very similar. The uh, the, the box cover had a very similar look to it, and like I remember getting it and just being so fucking fired up for it, and like sitting there playing it, like what the f- this is a fucking nothing like that, and like in a terrible, terrible way. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember the second one, but uh, yeah, I've not heard good things about it. And is that the only one that Kojima didn't do? Uh that I do not know, but I yeah. know I know he did not. He was not involved with that one. And I I think because uh, I read somewhere that like it said that he's the you know developer or whatever of uh, you know almost every metal gear game right so um but yeah other you know this one so the nes version was different than the uh, msx2 version um with those you know differences i mentioned um it ended up as uh, metal gear did as 104th on the 2006 nintendo top 200 list mm-hmm. which seems a little low actually yeah it does seem a little low and it sold a million copies in uh, America. So, oh, actually, and there was a—I uh, don't know if you knew this or not—but there was a 1990 novelization of Metal Gear for the Worlds of Power book series. I did not know that. Yeah, so there's that out. That's something. That's a cool. Book. If it's done well, I mean, that's the kind of thing that would make a good book, you know? Right. I mean, if you—you you don't have to be a, a, a Alexander Frost wrote it, and I don't imagine you have to be some super writer to make like a Tom Clancy-ish kind right. of, you know, exactly. novel. Right, right, right. So. Word. Cool. That's all yeah. cool shit. Uh, so then the last thing here is the economic analysis. And oh, I was uh, wondering what you're going to do for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it, it took me, I, I kicked around. I was like, cause there's not, a, there's really no money present in this game, uh, materially like that you as the character interact with. So yeah, right. it was, uh, I had to f- come up with something that was a little more, uh, concepty, uh, as opposed to like, how does money get spent in the game or get used in the game? But, uh, so what I decided to go with was what it cost to train solid snake, to basically oh. die, which is the intent. Uh, 
the big boss guy um, in the game basically used took you like as a new recruit to this uh, to to the military outfit that he was uh, in charge of. Um, because he had the duplicity that he did, uh, he he basically wanted to take a new recruit who he thought would be naive and fucking easily fail, basically, um, to send into this. So you were trained as this elite soldier, but then immediately implemented by a uh, a gone wrong boss to basically die. So how much did it cost to train Solid Snake to basically die? Is is what this this analysis is and. Uh, because the, the the game is all hypothetical organizations, you know, it's not the U.S. military or any particular specific elite unit in it. So I just went with the elite force unit that I could find the most on on Google, which is Navy SEALs. So all this stuff is Navy, Navy SEAL relevant as far as the dollar numbers go, and it costs between three hundred and fifty to five hundred k, five hundred thousand dollars to train a SEAL in modern day dollars, like an individual Navy SEAL, right. and the best spitball I could find for this for 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 it said that it costs around a million per year to keep the soldier operational in the field. Um, so Snake is described as I mentioned as a new recruit, and uh, I'm gonna say that you know he basically so he's a new recruit and then he gets sent into this fucking infiltrating the militia of outer heaven deal our our mission as his first mission. So I'm gonna say he's roundabout been operational for three months. You know, he went through training, he's been, he's stationed somewhere, and this is his first, like, mission. So I'm going to say three months as far as operational costs go. Uh, so the mean training cost of 425 k between the 350 and the 500K, plus the $1 million annually multiplied by the quarter of the year he's been active. So $675K has been spent to date when he walks into that jungle on day one uh, in modern dollars. So. Right. Close to three quarters of a million bucks, <laughs> uh, and then the cumulative inflation rate from 2019 back to 1987 is minus 55.1%. So if you adjust that 675k modern dollar uh, number to 1987 to the time, uh, which is the time of Snake's mission, hypothetically, uh, it comes to 303,351 dollars uh, and 58 cents. So that is the cost that Big Boss is pissing up against a wall <laughs> when he sends uh, Snake to get fragged uh, in, in this in this uh, death trap, basically, that he's dropping him into. Right. Uh, well, I wonder, did you, uh, there was also, at least in the NES version, there was, I believe, three other people parachuted into the jungle with you. Yeah, and that's, that's, well, that's the whole thing we'll get into. You never, you don't know, like, you never see them in the game. You don't yeah, know, there's, right. yeah, there's no way to find anything out about them because you, you never interact with them at any point again. Yeah, so I'm assuming they were part of this mission, but if they right. were and they were newly trained, you know, so they'd be naive and whatnot. Um, right. Well, maybe that's what that maybe they're not newly trained, and that's why he, you know, I'm sure. Like, the, I think the idea is that you were intentionally dropped away from the other dudes. Okay. Uh, you know, um, some sort. I don't know if like you know if you want to really get into the nuts and bolts of it. Like the guy that's running the telling the motherfuckers to go in the plane just literally has been told to hold them. For an like extra, just, wait a minute, twenty seconds, you know, and then you're gonna right. fuck, your drop zone is gonna be way the fuck off away from those other three guys. Because I would think the other three guys are probably not. Maybe they could have been. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not new recruits, but I was thinking they were not. You know. Um. Anyhow, the the, the only other thing I wanted to do th- with this was buying power, just to give you an idea of what that number being pissed up against the wall means. Um. In 1987, 
And so, like I said, again, about 303 grand is how much was wasted on this, <laughs> on this soldier, theoretically. <laughs> and the median U.S. household income in 1987 was 23,000, so 24 grand, basically, 23,596 bucks. So 24 grand, an entire household's median income in the U.S. was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of these numbers are for 88 a year later because that was the way it shook out for what I was able to find. But annual tuition at a private college. Uh, was 15,160, so 15 grand. State schools were about three grand. The average price of gas was 96, 96 cents per gallon. A Mitsubishi CRT television was three grand. <laughs> Holy and, fuck. Yeah. And a Metal Gear NES cart, new in the 88 Sears Xmas wish book in 1987, was 34.99. Yeah. Uh, and actually, this wish book page uh, is a beautiful thing to look at, and I, I will drop it into the show notes. For sure, uh, as well as the this list of, of, of other prices from 1987, if, if this piques your interest and you want to look at it. Uh, so, Solid Snake's only worth 300 TVs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we've talked about this. When Mike bought that t- that 32-inch television or whatever it was, it was that big fucking deal. <laughs> I, I only moved that out of his house not all that long ago. Well, think about... <laughs> that's maybe. Uh, the... And I, like I said, a, a annual, not just quarter or, or semester, annual tuition for a state school was also three grand. So an yeah. entire year's tuition is what that TV cost. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking uh, insane, actually. Yeah. And then so the uh, the other thing from that wishbook page that that's worth noting in the, in the bottom right corner of it, and again, like I said, the links in there, so you can take a look at it. In the bottom right corner, uh, it has Zelda Two um, as, as one of the many games in the in the picture and beneath zelda 2 is an has an all bold passage like they all normally have like a little description in the price and then this one just has an all bold no description no price sorry not available <laughs> which, <laughs> which is in 88 it's the chip shortage that's what it is right right yeah, it was basically like sorry no chips man yep sorry no chips so so that was fun uh i i, I was actually i had actually had a, a good time going through that just because basically uh of that xmas wish book is where it led me to and that was a very nice end point to <laughs> a little math problem yeah. um so that's that shit we didn't do a breakdown because i could or did you come up with anything or no i did not i, did, I yeah. didn't yeah yeah we talked about fucking the items there's so many of them and you're they use them in the game anyways that didn't make sense the enemies didn't really line up and we talked about the bases and like i sat down to try to do that and there's just not enough differentiation uh to to warrant going through a list so no breakdown this week i'm sure you'll be able to emotionally deal with it if you listen to this and we will now jump into the playthrough That is the Snake is Caught uh, music cue, and uh, basically when it, you bump into where an enemy sees you, basically the calamity that ensues <laughs> afterwards, right. uh, which is funny, talking about that before we fucking jumped on here, uh, the, <laughs> I, I mentioned I'd never heard that, uh, it's like a three minute uh, music cue, the, the the full the full thing, uh, the full MP3, and it's uh, I'd never heard most of that because I kill those fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a full piece, but you can definitely avoid that part of the game if you yeah. try hard enough. Right, yeah, it's cool that you just stumbled into it the way you did, you know. Right. Uh, hitting hitting the pause screen. While... Oh yeah, because I like you know I'm not as good at this game as you are, so 
like I was often getting caught and I would like hit pause or open up the, the equipment screen and like, yeah, then it started playing. I was like, this is actually a pretty hot track. Try to equip some shit. Yeah. It's right. Like, it's like, uh, cool. So yeah, get into the playthrough, get into the game. The first thing up is of course the title screen and there is no title music, just boring and short demos. Right. And usually this is a huge bummer for me. I've mentioned before, but I am calling it a creative choice in this case. Uh, paired with the opening parachute cinematic and its accompanying music, I think it makes for a dramatic silence. And those are rose-colored glasses, Jab. Yeah, because <laughs> that seems like a little bit of bullshit. I mean, well, yeah, it seems crazy to have a game that doesn't have, like, opening music. But, okay, Metal Gear. I mean, your Metal Gear series, I'm just Jeff Burns, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know better it's, than me. It's a stealth game, too. It's all about silence, man. I, I guess so. I think we'll you go with that. It- yeah, I think you could work it in. I think you could make it work in your in your mind if you really if you really pondered it. I think uh, you already have. Yeah, <laughs> I clearly already have. Uh, so yeah, so it, the, <clears throat> other than game start, there's a password system in this game that you can select here, and you enter it if you if you go that route. And you know we didn't have to dick around with this because we were playing uh, emulation and save states and shit. But uh, back then, of course, you did, and you uh, they did a, they did a cool job here with this password shit. I think like. You enter it via the transceiver, which we will discuss, you know, uh, shortly in, in more depth. But basically, it's like your radio communication tool uh, that you, and you got to enter these little numbers normally to communicate with whomever you have, you know, the various contacts you have in the game. And uh, in this case, it, it's it's just, you know, you have the transceiver above and then you have the, the character set down below to punch it in and uh, you punch in your password. And that's, and that's a cool, like we've talked before about, like when we were talking about Dragon Warrior, how it's cool when they take the NES game functions or the, the NES gameplay functions simple things and then find a way to thematically work them into the interface of the game or the the gameplay of the game you know so as opposed to just a stock text entry screen with for you know your password it's like the transceiver which is a big part of the gameplay itself and and to me that's just a cool little tiny extra extra mile effort thing that uh is is worth um Worth its weight in gold for 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 what makes a good game, like you know the fucking doing the little things that that make it cool. Um, yeah, they didn't have to do that, and you know it's not like it adds you know aspects of the gameplay or anything. It's just you know kind of for immersion, and it yep. works. Immersion, that's exactly it. Yeah, and they also and a, the, another big commendable thing here. There's a concerted effort to not have a fucked up password system. Uh, the character set has only numbers one through six. No zeros, no nines, uh, and then an upper all uppercase alphabet. So yeah, no zeros, no special characters, no lowercase, no bullshit. Like you know, so many games. Metroid is you know a great example. Castlevania, uh, fuck, yeah. kill me now. Right, yeah. So fucking uh, that is very worth mentioning too. That they didn't want you to fucking kill yourself about losing a, <laughs> a password or fucking up a password. Uh, fun story about this. I had uh, a, I did. I took a screenshot of my playthrough. Like basically, when I once I filled out my uh, equipment screen, the equipment selection screen. Once I'd gotten everything in the game, basically towards mm-hmm. the end, I took a snapshot of it just because I think it looked. It's, we've talked about it. I just love fucking inventories and shit because I'm a fucking psychopath as far as the <laughs> collecting things goes. And uh, I posted a picture of that on Reddit with a little a little fucking uh, caption, and it kind of blew up. It was like the top 
NES post or top post on the NES subreddit for for a day or so, and um, you know that of course warranted a ton of interaction and comments and shit. And a, a really fun comment that that came out of that was from this uh, loaded Buffalo Burgers was the Reddit username. I just want to give him credit, he or she. I guess I shouldn't assume that's a him. Uh, said uh, well, it, uh, said the most fond memory he or she had of playing the game was randomly inputting passwords just to see how and where it would start them in the game. Uh, said, said it felt like uh, actually he did he did he did give himself a gender pronoun here. Uh, he I, I uh, he felt like he was cracking safes. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. What's funny is I actually remember I I did something similar that this is not Metal Gear, but um. I was playing the Predator 2 video game, I think, for, like, Sega. And I realized after, like, two... This is I was, like, 11 years old. I realized after, like, two levels that they all the passwords were, like, based off of, like, things in that universe. So, like, Los Angeles yeah. has a password. There's a few. There's a, I think I want to say, like, maybe Bubble Bobble has a game has that where it's like a, a little word or something or no sorry you know what i'm thinking of uh lost vikings on genesis which is okay. only, it's only it's only four characters uh that, that the password is letters or it might be alphanumeric alphanumeric i'm not sure but uh only four characters and yeah they often spell something that's like uh you know almost like the way license plates have to fucking uh <laughs> you know make like a fucked up jumbled spelling out of something because you have limited characters uh right and yeah, that's that's a super fun thing. Cause I can often like, like I said, I'm playing that game on and off for a long time now. And uh, I mentioned at some point one of our fucking what we're playing now things. <laughs> like it's fucking, it's uh, I can usually remember what, what you know, because you have to retry the stages a million times later on. They're hard as fuck, uh, which is why I haven't finished it. And fucking yeah, like I often can just remember it uh, without having to. Uh, even look up what I wrote down ever so long ago. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> did you not? Uh, you, so you didn't use any passwords in this at all? No, yeah, I didn't even try. I actually I, did use a password in this game. I, I was farting around the internet looking for it, and did you know about the password straight to the end boss? Yeah, of course. Well, that's that. we will get into that later. Uh, okay. That is why I was saying, like, I think I beat I didn't beat it. Like, I couldn't remember, because I, I used that, basically. Right, right. Uh, and that's how I got to the end. But there, yeah, there are things at the end that I did not know how to do, for sure. Uh, so, I'm yeah, I'm positive that uh, that's how I, I went about that uh, as a kid. Um, lastly, the, the entry music here on the password screen is super cool. Once you click game start at that first title screen, uh, it immediately drops you. You have that cinematic I mentioned. So you're dropped out of a plane into a jungle, uh, and immediately shit is not going well. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, like uh, you can tell it's like a, a very, very long shot uh, when you're jumping out of the plane and like three soldiers go out ahead of you. And they're dropped kind of together. They're, they're, they're in a close grouping. And then you don't drop out of the plane for however long it is after the fact or after they drop out. So you're like separated from the beginning. Um, and you drift far away from wherever those three individuals land and you're alone. And you are uh, not only alone, uh, but you have no weapons. And the only thing in your entire equipment screen is a pack of cigarettes. Like, 
who the fuck organized this mission? <laughs> well, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of field general drops a soldier into a hostile war zone with nothing but a pack of fucking smokes? <laughs> One with a fucking ulterior motive. I would say. <laughs> yeah, precisely, which you uh, will we'll come to learn, but you don't know that when you're first dropped into it. So it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, I th- early in this game, like I, you switch the, you get a call on the transceiver. I can't remember when it is, but like you the, immediately, like the second the screen pops up, you were getting a buzz. On your tra- a call, a, the thing flashes call at the bottom. And uh, I so wonder if that's the same one, because, like, Big Boss will, like, call in and, like, tell you things, but he'll preface it with, like, hey, I forgot to tell you this thing. And he doesn't do it once. He does it several times where he calls you and he's like, hey, I forgot to tell you. And I actually, in one of my notes, before I found out the kind of the twist, I was like, this motherfucker told me, he forgot to tell me a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I would expect for a military operation, you know, the eyes would have yeah, been yeah. dotted and the fucking T's would have yeah. been crossed. Way more but, on top of it. No, he's like, he's like, he's like a bad, coked out boss is what he feels like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like. He strikes me as one because my mission was all fucked up because of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, fucking like telling you things and like, telling you different things later on like that's what it feels like he's like a guy who just does not have his shit together at all and like makes your life way more difficult as a result right. <laughs> and then also gets mad at you and upset with you for it so yeah so you immediately get that call uh on your transceiver from from him so like you know that's again like that's it, one of those things that the most the the basic square ones of of gameplay, particularly when you're dealing with a new genre, which this is, is establishing the rule construct with which you're going to have to navigate this game. So you 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 immediately get a call on your transceiver, which is a huge part of how you obtain information in this game and 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 make headway. So you are uh, it's big boss with that call, and he tells you you're to infiltrate the an enemy base. He's calling outer heaven and destroy their final weapon, Metal Gear. Uh, he then says, you should first try contacting our missing gray fox, then find Metal Gear. So he lays out, like, that's the macro problem that you're dealing with in this game. Is first find gray fox, then find Metal Gear, uh, and destroy it, right? And then lastly, he gives you the frequency with which to communicate with him going forward. So it establishes that, you know, this is not an automatic thing. There are actual frequency numbers that you will need to know in order to reach both, you know, not only him, but others that you will meet uh, via radio uh, transmission down the line. Um, so that's cool. You know, that you need to like, it's it, uh, the idea that you need to jot little, you know, little notes down. Not And, and like, it, it's cool that like, there's not, it's not like there's a million things like this in the game. There's just a handful of things, little notes that you'll have to make. Uh, and that I think is a, is a great immersion tool too, to like you as the player have to go like, stop for a second and think like, you're not just, you know, most games like you dive in and like, okay, let's fucking go. Let's start shooting shit, right? It's a military game. Like, no, you got to stop and you got to write some shit down and you got to think and listen to this and 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 learn some new mechanics and and know that you're going to have to make notes and like that uh is a, you know, let you know that there's some cerebral um aspects. There are some cerebral aspects to this game that uh, you know, I think is is why very much why I like it because it's not just a run and gun deal, you know, and they and they establish that right away, which is cool. Right. It, um now I don't know if you want to talk about this like, you know, as we go through this um playthrough, but um can you I got pretty far in the game without really fucking with the transceiver like in like learning the different um like um frequencies and whatnot. Like, can you do can you do the game without knowing that stuff? Oh my god! I just I'm watching a playthrough. I just saw one of the prisoners give a different frequency. So the answer is probably no. Yeah, no, yeah, you definitely. There's things. I mean, I have to sit and really think about to whether enti- whether you could entirely avoid it. 
Um, I would think it would be awfully fucking hard, man. Um, certainly I mean, I as far as I did without it, but I just saw them do it, so I, I bet you. What do you mean? You, you, so what, you would get the calls and you just wouldn't fucking answer them? Yeah. Oh, what a dick, dude. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's a, it turned out he was a di- He didn't know what he was talking about in the first place, then he turned out to be a traitor, so fuck him. I want to talk oh, to him. Man, that seems like, but there are still things that just, the, uh, for the purpose of navigation, because like the errant road that he leads you down is still the road, <laughs> you know, right. uh, so I think, I mean, again, like I can't, I've never, I've never even crossed my mind to, to do that. So I'm not sure how much that fucks you or not, but right. I said, well, that's interesting. That's certainly an interesting way to approach the game. <laughs> uh, the, so you, you, that's the first screen. Like there's nothing happened on that screen. So again, like that, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's worth mentioning too, that like that first screen has no danger in it. It's just you alone with your transceiver and getting your bearings, you know, um, and again, like in, in action, in most action games or most um, any game that's military minded, is you going to be drop in and there's going to be fuckers shooting you right away, <laughs> you right. know? And like that's not how this is at all. And yeah, you got not... some time to like get your feet under you and right, and and, and and get a feel for what the hell's going on. And then same thing, like even you know you, you move on, and that very first screen or the, that second screen rather um, is has a soldier on it, uh, but it, it's a soldier who's very, very bad at his job. He's routinely <laughs> falling asleep. <laughs> uh, and he can, yeah, he'll basically, if you stand there and wait, wait it out, he will fall asleep and you can just walk up to him passed out and knock his ass out. And that's the, that's the only, that's the only weapon you have uh, to begin with is your fists. So you're, you're going through this whole initial thing. Um, yeah. You're, you're knocking out. There's dogs as well uh, in the upcoming screen. So you're just knocking these dudes and dogs out with your bare fists, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's very badass. Uh, but it's still super fucked up that you don't have a weapon to do this with um, of any kind, like even a hand, even a knife, you know? Anything uh, seems better than just beating people to death. Right. Uh, with so your yeah, fist, so, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you go through, there's like a, there's a handful of screens like that, I don't know, like four or five maybe, uh, where you're just, you know, kind of, again, they're, and they're, they are very instructional in that it's teaching you that you can sneak around and you, you can avoid detection. Like even though, you know, that first one falls asleep, uh, but even when, even when for things that do not sleep, men and the dogs, um, Dogs never sleep. Dogs, um, although their dogs should sleep, but they don't in this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyhow, you, you can yeah you, you learn you know they they have patterns the 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 the, the men um, have little kind of uh, what what do, you, what do you call that their their patrol patterns I guess and you know they're looking a certain way and if and if you're paying attention and you're and you're fucking re- you know really trying to understand what's happening you'll notice that they can only see the direction they're looking. Like you can be very nearby an enemy if they're not looking at you. You know what right. I mean? And again, that's, that's, that's fleshing out the idea that this is a stealth game and you can avoid detection if you fucking pay attention and you're smart, you know? Yep. Um, and that's fucking awesome. Um, so, you, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of learning that mechanic with a few screens of these enemies. And then you get to the first of many, <laughs> many, many, many trucks that you'll be going into the back of in this game. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you find your first item, the binoculars. Mm. Um, you, you theoretically use this. Uh, they're a useful tool to look at the next screen uh, in any direction. So you like basically go to your item screen, you select it, and then it'll take it takes you automatically back to the map or the overhead screen that you play on, but there's, but you're not on it. There's just a crosshair in the middle of the screen. And then you can hit right. If you want to look to the screen, the screen one over to the right, you can hit up. If you want to look for screen up to the up, so on and so forth and look at the screens ahead or behind you to see what the, where the enemies are at and kind of decide how you're going to approach. Cause when you walk onto the next screen. If you walk into the field of sight of an enemy, 
they will they they will aggro immediately. So like you you right. can use these binoculars to determine how best to enter the next uh, gameplay screen, which is you know again super cool. Uh, you know it's a recon tool, and the idea that this game about stealth the first thing you get is a recon tool, not a weapon, you know? Right. Um, and that that's certainly, again, just hammering home what this game is supposed to be about. Did you use the binoculars at all, Jeff? I As soon as I got them and I realized what they did, I was like, this is going to be cool as hell. Like, <laughs> super practical. And then I didn't use them. Because yeah. it's easy enough to just to, like, even if you go to the next screen and you're in the, the line of sight of an enemy, it's easy enough just to step off the screen and come right back in a better spot. The one caveat to that, though, is if you if you were in a place where you go back, because the enemies respawn on the previous screen. So right. if you go back also in the field of vision of something, uh, you are going to be aggroing them, too. So that's that's the one caveat to that tactic. But yes, it, you know, they don't they don't have all the bases covered to keep you uh, on course with with these. But on top of that, the fact that you know you can kind of get away or get around using them at all on, on that basis there is a very fucked up thing about them and so if you you know you're of course only going to use the binoculars after you kill all the enemies on the screen you're on for the most part i mean they're that's not an absolute thing either but usually uh you would use them you kill everything okay what's next right and you would look at the next screen um if you do that you go to the item screen you use the binoculars you go back to the item screen you dc you you hit the select button or whatever the fuck it is to, to go back basically to gameplay. All the enemies on your current screen will have respawned as if yeah. you had left the screen. Yeah. I forgot uh, about that, which I mean, so basically, yeah, you're never using your fucking binoculars. Once the second that happens to you, you're like, well, never touching those again. <laughs> you're like, that sucks. You know? And that's, that's clearly, that can't have been intentional. Uh, no. and, uh, that's really sucks because it, it did take exactly like you said, like if, if that's not the case, you're using those, uh, fucking a ton in this game. Um, if you decide that they're helpful to you, you know, yeah, if you're just gonna fucking barrel into it, sure. But um, if you really want to take, if you really want to game role play the stealth component of that, you would be using those left and right. But you can't because they fucking they don't work basically. Yeah, <laughs> Not respawn the enemy, right? Yeah, it's super fucked up. Yeah, so. that might have happened to me, and I just at that point I abandoned it and forgot about it. I think I used them like you know practically one time, and then it was over. So right. I could have easily forgotten that aspect. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, which sucks. So yeah, you can you, know, you get those. You keep working your way down. There's a bunch more soldiers who are not asleep. Uh, it's a lot of like I said, pattern recognition and some blind luck uh, to kind of figure out where to hide and uh, knock them out without getting. Because again, you still don't have a weapon uh, to knock them out without getting fragged. And at the very bottom of this area, uh, there's some more trucks, and in one of them, you get uh, your first key card, key card one. Uh, and then there's another one uh, of the trucks. I think there's three there. One has the key card, and then another one has your first truck shuttling deal, which this is a huge part of this game and a huge reason why the map, if like you don't have the map and you're not using the map, you'll just never, you'll never figure it out. Like you'll, you will just wander aimlessly and get fucking shuttled places and be totally fucked and not even sure where you are because especially the outdoor areas are very redundant uh, for the most part particularly the truck screens. Um, they're not exact, I'm saying, but they are, there is a lot of ambiguity to where you maybe are, maybe where you just were and where you just ended up when you get in the back of one of these trucks, you know, <laughs> that takes you somewhere. So that's a huge part of this game that, uh, yeah, I mean, takes some getting the hang of and even understanding what the hell's happening, but B, you just, because the, the map tells you where the truck takes you, you know, 
And um, if you didn't have that, yeah, I think it would be super hard to keep your bearings in this game. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think you could do it eventually, but like you, it'd just be so much more effort. You yeah. know, it, it, yeah, don't do it. Way, way more difficult. If you're gonna uh, play this game, find the map and use it for sure. Maps, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the uh, it does say when you get into the truck, you get you get uh, some fucking it's one of the like. You know, if someone's going to throw you a piece of dialogue from Metal Gear and NES, this is definitely one of the ones that's uh, very common and one of the better, uh, more joked about ones. And it's, uh-oh, uh-oh, it's like U-H hyphen O-H, all capital, exclamation. <laughs> the truck have, H-A-V-E, started to move, exclamation. Uh, which, you know, is, of course, hor- horrific broken English, terrible translation, uh, and just funny. Um it is cool how you get the sound effect uh, to the visual shaking, though. Like when you like after after that dialogue blurb, like while you're being while you're riding to the next area, the screen, the whole screen kind of shakes, and you get like the sound effect of of, of of a truck driving over some shitty rocky road, you know? Yeah, like that's a whirring engine. Right. So that's that's a cool little again, just extra effort immersion thing. Didn't have to do it. <clears throat> Didn't have to do it. So yeah, so you take that because that's basically a dead end otherwise, and that's another instance of like it's forcing you to use to to figure the this gameplay mechanic out of these trucks because it's otherwise a dead end and there's nowhere else to go. So you got to get into this truck, and then it takes you when you walk out of the truck, you're at a building, you're at the front of a building, and this is building one. Um, so and the map tells you that, so okay, you know, and even numbers it like it tells you you're at building one. <laughs> uh, and there's one dude keeping watch on the door to the building, and he um has this mechanic where I guess his shift is over. <laughs> like, and he's leaving regardless of the fact that the next dude isn't there yet. <laughs> I never understood that. He's just like, okay, it's your turn now. And I'm like, who the yeah, fuck are you talking no to? There, right. Except uh, for you, unless he's a complete idiot and he thinks that you're <laughs> the next guard. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's definitely not it. Cause yeah. So yeah, he, he says that and then he walks off and you get maybe 10 seconds uh, before the next dude shows up for work. Um, to, to man the post and uh that's your that's your chance to go into the building um so yeah that's that's funny but then, then that's just you know that's like them can, you know can you imagine like how you're sitting there as a the developer to this game in 1987 giving your technical limitations and like how you know sh- guard shifts like sneaking past a guard utilizing the stealth thing like how do we really implement that in a way within the constraints that we have you know yeah, and we're only nintendo like i guess they'll walk away yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they got to explain it because they're not good writers necessarily. So they got to explain it very literally like that uh, with the, with that bad text blurb. But right. anyway, yeah, so there's also a truck with rations uh, in it here um, before you go into the building if you want. And you can cheese this uh, and keep enter- going, walking back out and going back in to max out your rations. Yeah, it didn't um, even occur to me. I'm watching this playthrough and I saw somebody do it. I was like, oh, duh. Like, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Max them out, and like, yeah, that's the that also teaches you that yeah, you can max out on even consumable things like that, uh, and uh, you will come to learn that the max number of all the things like that rations, bullets, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like that, uh, maybe maybe not, I don't know, but yeah, these things max out, <clears throat> and that max number that you that at any given time in the game is linked to your rank, and that's what if you you know at the bottom when you start the game you are rank one, one star, and as you work through the game and you rescue prisoners that rank will increase and when your rank increases in turn your max um uh the the max number of of rations and bullets you can hold 
also increases. So that's kind of how that's the, that's like a character development thing in this game that is also cool. Um, and you know, it's certainly beneficial to be able to hold more rations and more bullets because that's most of what this game is based on: getting fragged and fragging others. So. Right. Um, that's that's a cool little mechanic there. So you use key card one. You head inside the door. The door opening sound effect is kind of fun. Uh, it's like this little. I, I swear know. I've heard it before somewhere. I wonder if they reused that. Maybe yeah. Uh, it does. It sounds kind of like. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds very much like uh, a fucking Star Trek door. To be honest with you, mm. uh, maybe Star Trek or Star Wars. Maybe one of those. Five, I, I I often. Not that I don't. I, not that I mix them up. I very clearly know what Star Wars and Star Trek are. But sure. as far as like little nuanced things about either one, like I don't give a shit enough about either one to remember. So it, right. one of those two has a door that I think is very similar to that noise. Yeah. Right. I can't uh, remember which one. <clears throat> so yeah, get inside, and then music. We are we already used it because it is it's awesome. So the music is cool in here, uh, and it's like a it's like a vehicle depot. There's like you walk in. There's lots of jeeps and tanks mobile sitting around uh, with enemies patrolling um, around them that you kind of got to stealth around. And I thought it interesting if you look at the map and then also if you just walk around and look, there's no sign of any large entryway for these vehicles to get in or out of building, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is a major flaw to a vehicle depot, a military vehicle depot. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the tanks in there somehow. Right. Right. And then more importantly, I get them out because the point is of having them is to... I suppose, yeah, that actually kind of is more important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need the tanks. Huh? We can't get them out. What can you, what can you want me to right. do? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. This is a, a lot of this first area uh, is is stealth action, and you're learning that you can like you know even if the thing even if the guy is walking on the other side of the jeep you're on, if you stay on the, on, on the opposite side of the jeep, you can avoid detection. Like and and you can even you know run right past them as long as they're looking the other way, and and this you know reinforces that thing. So you do that a lot on the in, on the interiors here. Um, if you are trying to go stealth, you can obviously fucking just kamikaze into things too that's an option if you ever want it to be but it's much easier of a game and, and much more fun of a game i think if you if you are trying to employ those stealth tactics right i definitely avoided killing people whenever i could i also did a lot of this game i, I actually say like to the point at which i got to i didn't use my gun at like all I would, no i would just beat people to death yeah, because that, that's quiet. Uh, you do get a silencer at one point, and I didn't know how to equip it. It automatically equips. Uh, well, see, I didn't use the gun, so it wouldn't have occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, it automatically equips, so uh, once you get that, yeah, you can shoot things without aggroing nearby enemies, which is, of course, useful. Right. Um, yeah. So, yes, uh, so this first, yeah, I mean, other than that little first area, the, the, the first building here... Um, the next like notable thing that you bump into is, uh, is this, um, gas mask area. So like you get the gas mask here, like from a door in the beginning, like it's super frustrating thing. Basically like the way the enemy placement is the nanosecond you walk out of a room, if a guy's there and in, like in a place where you're automatically in a sight and like, you know, there's no way to, it's not like, you know, we talked about earlier, in the jungle, you can, yeah, if you walk onto a screen and you're in the line of sight, you go back and you can come in at a different point on the screen to avoid that happening. <clears throat> but in these cases, uh, in some of these buildings, you walk out of this room, there's no other way to get out of that room. So you have, like, there's no other way to do it is to automatically aggro these fucking things. And, like, that sucks. Um, because not only it alerts him, but when he, when he fucking freaks out, 
he yells and more fuckers come. Um, and it's just, I mean, I guess it's, it's a way to, you know, no matter how good of a stealth fucker you are, you, you would occasionally maybe cue some fuckers, but to me, it's, it's just frustrating at, at times and, and happens, uh, many, 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 many times in the game. It's just like, you know, when motherfucker, <laughs> like I am yeah. here this game. I am a very good stealth, uh, minded player. Uh, cause I had played this game and, and I knew all the little nuances and like the fact that I still could have, couldn't avoid some fucking aggroing of these things was frustrating to me. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, speaking of things they didn't have to do, you know, you didn't have to put those enemies right there. Like, as soon as I walk out the door, I'm standing on top of an enemy and taking damage. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's the really frustrating thing about it. Like, yeah, it's one thing to to fucking to aggro, I'm sure, but the fact that you walk out and you, yeah, you're taking damage uh, because you're just physically on top of them, like that's insane. <laughs> right, like at a certain point for me, like death became part of my strategy. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you, you like you said, you'd walk into a screen and like either you aggro the entire fucking screen or you're already taking damage and it's like, well, fuck it, you know, like yeah, I'm just gonna so die yeah, and go to the checkpoint. Yeah, particularly if you did not learn that you could you could cheese the ration stockpiling screens. Right. Like, yeah, because I mean, a big part of this game is no doubt like getting your ass over to the select button when things are going poorly and and refueling your your life with the with the rations. Right. Um. So yeah, you, you get that gas mask, and this is it, it, I remembered like a really fun little gameplay thing uh, here when I picked that up that I'd completely forgotten. And any screen where you pick up an item, you can pull up your transceiver and call the big boss, and he gives you a rundown of what the item does. You know, uh, and uh, often and this again harks back to that idea of just like a coked out dickhead boss. Uh, he like. It's, his answers are, or his explanation of things always are worded in this like very condescending way. Like you, what do you mean? Like he's always like a gas mask. Like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like it's for gas, dumbass. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he seemingly yeah. So you do it for the gas mask. He seemingly condescendingly asks if you're really asking about a gas mask, and then he tells you to use it in gas filled areas. <laughs> like <laughs> dipshit. Like what do you think? What do you think you do with that? Right. Uh, uh, but it's just funny that it has the option of doing that. And then, yeah, there's down the line that gets to be a really fun little thing uh, because some of the shit that he says about some of them is great. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not actually ever try that. It never occurred to me to try that. So, yeah, yeah that's like an experience you can have in this game that you wouldn't necessarily have. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, like I remember. Uh, like. The so you know the the way the the screen like the, like the you know the things cast shadows like the, it's like this it's it's very very slight but there's like a little bit of an iso uh, an effort to make it an isometric view to to a degree uh, where things have some depth and it's not just straight top down and uh, or there is some depth perception rather and uh, yeah they cast these little shadows and I remember like even like the boxes of things like and this isn't really applicable but it, I just always felt compelled to as a kid again just really get into the role playing of it like to use the shadows of the vehicles and the boxes and stuff when I was sneaking you know like getting right up against them even though really it doesn't, didn't have a, a specific um, benefit or an actual benefit rather but I just remember being very, very, very into uh, having to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I actually, well, when I was avoiding cameras, I actually did get in the well, shadows. Yeah, well, I thought that was. Yeah, like, well, for cameras, yes. For cameras, yes. But I'm saying if you're like, you know, when you're in this opening area, like, you know, they, you got the guy walking around on one side of the Jeeps. Uh, I would always like hug that side of the Jeep where they where the shadow was super tight. And like, that didn't fucking matter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but role playing, role playing. 
Right. So yes, yeah, so wrap around all the way to the other side of the first floor here. You score landmines and a handgun. Uh, so you get your first weapons, you know, uh, which is again, it takes a while to get those, and that's that's again just fucking they're hammering home this the stealth aspect of the game, and uh, for the things that he tells you. Um, you need to know a lot of the weapons he says kind of the same thing and he like tells you you like oh mines that you need to know how to use them <laughs> like that's what he says like you need to know how to use them like yeah motherfucker dude, that's you know why i'm calling you but I know, it's it's almost like um i almost felt like that was the game developers fucking around because they're weapons they're you know they're guns like these are for this is a game for kids so like i felt like it was kind of a little bit of a an effort like a safety minded effort like don't play with guns you know <laughs> like, uh, like i see right right you know how to use these uh so i thought that was that was kind of funny i uh, think actually in the uh yeah cause there's probably some something to that in my history i didn't write it down but i read it somewhere that um I, it actually might be the cover for that for that book the novelization of this i think they airbrushed the gun out because oh, it really? was like so, being advertised to children yeah yeah so probably not uh too far off there Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought it just as a general, I thought it was good that Big Boss champions weaponry discipline like that. Right. Well, he and, should. Yeah, he should. One hundred percent. And uh, all these, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I already said it. he's fucking. He's like scoffing at the notion you need help with so many of these things. It's funny. Right. Um. So there's a door you don't have access to. Uh, just on the east uh, of that set of trucks, uh, where where the handgun and and the mines are, and um, that kind of funnels you back to this elevator that's in the top left corner of, of, of this um, of this first floor of, of the first building. And the elevators are fucking weird, man. Uh, <laughs> I had like, some trouble with them. Yeah, they're just they just look weird. Um, yeah, they're just fucking weird, man. They just it, they're 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 a very weird uh, thing, and 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 like. In this case, even though it it seems like you're only going one floor up, you actually come out on the third floor, and like that, even with the map, kind of takes you a, a second to get your bearings and understand what's happening. So yeah, the elevators are just fucking weird in this game. Yeah, I had to like when I was trying to get to a specific floor, and like you know, I I, I was trying to get to the second floor, and I was like, well, naturally I would go to the second floor, but that's not exactly how it worked. So right, I, I had to like fucking. I, I basically just end up going to every one to figure out exactly where the hell I was. Right, yeah, and just, yeah, like, yeah, how, yeah using this, this literally screen layout to fucking get your bearings. Right, and I don't know how else they would have done exactly. elevators. Like, I was trying to think oh, of a way yeah. they could have done it better, but I don't know that there was. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, so you're on the third floor now, and you can sneak under some surveillance cameras here. So this first time you get those, we've talked about those a few times already. But yeah, you get the, the they kind of uh, skim along the edge of a wall, and if you get right up against the the wall underneath them, you can run right underneath them. Uh, or if you want to traverse the other side of the screen or, or further away, you can always use cover too. And if you're behind cover when this, when the camera passes, you of course uh, do not get caught. But if uh, if you get caught. They stop moving, they light up real bright, and, like, fucking chaos happens. <laughs> Actually, uh, in that area, there is one of the, you go into one of those doors, and when you come out of it, yep. there's no avoiding the fact that the camera That's, sees yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I was saying earlier about Really the annoying. Same, same deal, yeah, the, where the remote missiles are here coming up, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, uh, you, get, and then you, uh, you get to a key card room with some ammo uh, and your first prisoner uh, not long after if you go down there. Um, so you rescue the prisoner, and he says all they, they, most of them say the stock thing, that was a close call. <laughs> like, 
It wasn't was really it? a close call. You got yeah, captured, man. Yeah, you were, well, you were captured, but you're alone in this room. Like, what was? I, mean, I don't know. It didn't seem like a close call. Um, yeah, it was. It was done for you. Right. Uh, so you head east, and then you encounter uh, like a, another really dumb gameplay thing. And yeah, that's exactly what we talked about with the fucking the, the security camera deal. Uh, but also, and actually, there's another dumb thing here too. So you, the ga- the first gas mask room. So the door to get into it is locked, like a key card one lock, yeah. right? So you have to use, you have to have the, you can only select one item at a time. Um, you will, you can select a weapon and an item at a time. So you, to get through this door, to get into the room with the gas in it, the, the noxious gas, you have to use the key card, select it, and you walk through the door, right? And then once you get onto the next screen, you have to then pull up your menu, equip the gas mask, and now it, it's protecting you. So, like, like there, you can do it. It is fucking possible to do it without getting hurt. But it is almost is very, 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 very difficult to do that. Uh, to 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 not have a be on the screen for a frame or two and take damage. And like later on, this is less of a deal. But early on, you have very little. You have very little life. So like, it's a big fucking deal to have to uh, lose life no matter what, even though you know that this gas mask room is coming up you know um, right which sucks that's another suck thing yeah uh, and then in addition to that when you get to the other side of that gas room you have to take the gas mask off for the next door right in exactly. the room and equip key card two to open the door and it's just like especially early in the game if you don't know this like you could very well have the gas mask walk into that room and then just fucking like and it's just die yeah. the damage is pretty serious too from that gas like yep. it it will kill you, especially early when you have that very little life meter, which is the other thing too. You get when when your rank goes up, you get more max life too. Yeah, which uh, really helps. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but that also the caveat to that jab though, you should have been looking at the map and you would see that it was a gas mask room. I mean, that's a good point actually. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to. Uh, I, I thought I was clever. I, I used key card one to open the door, but I didn't go all the way through. And then I equipped the gas mask. You know, I, I went to the equipment screen and then equipped gas mask to walk through. But then the door was locked. Locked again. again. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 before I, yeah, before I, before I was gonna bitch about this, I, I, I definitely troubleshot a little bit to see if I could, you know, if there was any way whatsoever to do it. And the yeah, other is not. Yeah, there's definitely not. Um, so yeah, so you get you when you go into that gas room, you get another transceiver buzz uh, from Big Boss, uh, and he's telling you that you'll need your gas mask on in here. Which he was at the room before, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as if you wouldn't be dead by the time he tells you this. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, now I've got time to fucking stop and listen to you. Like, I'm busy dying, dude. Right. Like, call uh, me but later. then you know, again, you really get into the fucking depth of it. Like, is is that intentional or is that just shitty uh, gameplay development? You know, is that right, also, is yeah. that part of the narrative that he like? Is this where you're supposed to die? When are you supposed to die? That's like a great question. I don't know. Like, you're supposed to fail, but he sends you here, so there must be something. Is he just? Did he just need to say that he sent you here? In which case, you can die at any time. Or is there a certain thing you have to accomplish while you're here? Do you have to find Gray Fox and then he wants you to die? Right. You know, like when are you supposed to die in his ideal world? Um, yeah, I'm and not really I, sure. Right? Yeah, I'm not either, and I, I played the whole fucking game. So, um, yeah, that's like I hadn't even thought of that. Like, you know, when do these messages start becoming truly deceptive, uh, or are they from the very beginning? I don't know. Right. Uh, so yeah, so you fucking um, the the next room after that gas mask one has the security camera thing. Uh, there's two doors, one where you get key card two, and then the other um, 
is uh, the remote missiles, I believe. Um, or no, sorry, you get the, you get the key card and then uh, a prisoner um, here. And um, the prisoner gives you, like, you get the first instance where the, uh, the prisoner is telling you something, like some actual information. So you rescue some of these people and they actually have information. Um, and he tells you about Foxhounder having infiltrated the base uh, a couple of days ago, um, which... What's that? I don't know, <laughs> but it's like right. for, it's like foreshadowed, you know, which is funny. Um, so yeah, so you head east from there, and there's another there's an open door uh, to a room with some plastic explosives and one of these big ass. You'll see them a bunch of times in the game, like these big ass perpetual motion machines. They're defying all laws of physics here uh, that can crush you as they roll back and forth. Um, yeah, they there's no the room's not slanted, and even if it was slanted, it'd be it'd have to be slanted one way or another, and like right. it just keeps perpetually rolling back. I guess they could be motorized in some way. Uh, with some sort of uh, thing inside that keeps it, you know, rolling. But um, that seems pretty high tech for what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, there's got to be an ease, like a more effective security measure <laughs> yeah, than a bunch of 55 gallon barrels right, yeah, yeah, together yeah, and rolling exactly, around the room. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, a bunch of 55 gallon metal barrels like fucking duct taped together in one long paper t- rolling around paper towel tool tube way. Right. Uh, yeah, super fucking funny. But hey, it's not my base, so right, you know. exactly, yeah, fucking do it. I've you. never run a fucking uh, oh, military base. base. Yeah, I don't know so. shit about military base management. Fuck what oh, I'm, I'm out. Especially in '87, you know, you know, maybe maybe modern day I could come up with some solutions, but back then I don't know what your options were. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you, your tech solutions weren't the same, and you know, if if you weren't an asshole, you'd know that you sometimes you have to tape some 55 gallon barrels together and roll them around the room. <laughs> yeah. So you drag eastward, uh, and you have to you got to dupe a couple of patrol guards and some more cameras uh, to score that second key card, and then you basically once you get that, uh, ideally you start backtracking to score a bunch of shit uh, and more. There's there's an option for more rations. Uh, then you can actually get the even though you passed it already, the remote control missiles, which are super fucking helpful down the line, the silencer, the grenade launcher. Get the cardboard box, which is fucking a very weird item. I don't even know if you interacted with it at all. But... I got it. Okay. Did you use it at all? I tried to. It was ineffective. <laughs> what, what did you try to use it? <laughs> I, I don't think I ever came to the point in the game. Because I, I remember, I, I know that I watched you do that point in the game that requires it when we were young. There, there's no area that requires it. I thought it did. No, there's nothing that re- that absolutely requires it. It's, it's basically a, a stealth thing. You can use it. Like, basically... You, I don't. I still. I don't think you can move. Because I, I come to think of it, I did not actually use it at any point when I was playing. Uh, because again, because of my familiar with the game, um, by the time I got to a place that I couldn't, that I just wasn't able to do with ease, really. Um, I had. I was so far along rank wise that I had enough life where, uh, again, I didn't need to use these. I didn't really use that uh, or the body armor, which the body armor is great if you if you're in a, if you're getting fucking attacked a lot the body armor is very effective to reduce the damage you take uh but i never really but the problem with it is you have to bother to go to the screen and select it as opposed to whatever item you might want to use otherwise uh so bothering to do that if you can stay uh out of sight and avoiding fucking interacting with enemies or getting fragged by fragged at shot at and fragged by enemies uh it's not really worth the aggravation of going to your item screen constantly to, to activate or equip the body armor you know so I didn't really right. use either one of those things very much. But yeah, so anyways, the card, you can basically get underneath the box, and I'm pretty sure if you're not moving and an enemy looks at you, it doesn't aggro. So oh, okay. The, yeah, so the idea is that you're just like this random 
box <laughs> in the right in the middle of whatever fucking thing they're looking at, you know. And that's acceptable, right? Uh, so I mean, it is a kind of a cool idea, but yeah, it, and it doesn't tell you that though. You you definitely need to learn that. Um, uh, and the cardboard box ends up making like I know uh, like Frankie, he was playing like one of the most or maybe the most recent Metal Gear, and. Like he was playing it, and then like all of a sudden he just like jumped in this box, in this cardboard box, and like this so fucking it, enemy. Like, I, I haven't actually played many of the, any of the newer ones. Uh, right, uh, I think it's a reoccurring thing. Like it, at yeah. least it was in this most recent one, and like he jumped in this box, and the enemy came over to like I think there might have been like it might have been like a cardboard box, and like there was like a naked woman cut out or scantily clad woman cut out, and this guy comes over to check it out naturally, or maybe not naturally if you're not a weirdo. Like me, apparently. But, um, <laughs> so he goes over to check it out, and then you can just like jump out of the box and like knock yeah, him out. Attack him. Yeah, That's, right. I mean, it, it is such. It's like a. It's one of those things, kind of like that truck uh, started to have started to move thing. It's, it's kind of like one of the probably reoccurring jokes uh, that that are so fun and so much part of the lore, I guess, of of this game series that they keep it around just for novelty, you know? Right. Yeah. Metal Gear. You always have a cardboard box. Right. Yeah. Even that's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it 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 is super funny. Um, so yeah, there, some of the things the big boss says for some of these items were kind of fun. Uh, the big boss though, for the, for the grenade launcher, he's got a serious heart on for it. Uh, he does not just give you a stock thing for that. He goes, <laughs> is he, he goes, the, the exact message is, is that an M79 grenade launcher? <laughs> like instead of, <laughs> instead of just like, usually it's like a condescendingly toned, uh, acknowledgement of what you're you're contacting him about item wise, but with this one he like sounds excited about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then. Launchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that M79 grenade launcher? You need to know how to use it. <laughs> like with an exclamation <laughs> is pretty funny. Um, and yeah, the cardboard box one is super weird, and he, it, it's the the text was cardboard question mark What's going on question mark Are you planning to move something? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but, so, sometimes he really has fun with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the so with the prisoner you get backtracking though he uh, by the heat panels he puts you in touch with Diane, which is your first other contact. Uh, he gives you a trans transceiver frequency of one twenty point three three, and tells you that Diane is familiar with enemy activity, uh, and tells you to get in touch with her. So um, when you buzz that frequency here, some guy named Steve replies. And says Diane is out shopping and hasn't come back yet, and that's it. Bizarre, huh. <laughs> very bizarre. You, you never contact Diane. Uh, I I may contact. I think I did contact her later, but I'm saying right here when you first contact her, when that guy when he gives you the frequency the first time, uh, yeah. if you contact her, that's the message you get from some guy named Steve, which is fucking weird. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then, so yeah, so backtracking. So once you can go, you can get to now. You can get to the east elevator here, which actually gives you access to the second floor that you had to bypass in that first elevator, and then also the rooftop. Um, so looking at my map, like I knew again, just from, uh, I remember it was such a, a big thing, like a very memorable part of the game. The roof is very distinct looking. Uh, and the, the roof has like this, uh, right at the beginning of it, there's like, I, they call it a wind passage. So it's basically a barrier, uh, a gate key or a, a, a gate kept area that, uh, you can't get through without the bomb blast suit, which I guess makes you heavy enough to be able to pass through a very windy area or something, I think is the idea behind it. But you basically can't go anywhere on the roof, uh, until you get that later. So. Your only option here after you've explored all of three is to go to the second floor. Um, so um, uh, I had to do two uh, and did a bunch of fruitless shit there uh, before I realized that there was shit on the first floor I hadn't done yet, <laughs> actually. Uh, so I went down there 
and uh, just south of the east elevator is a prisoner that bu- that's it, it's 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 the first time you bump your rank it, if you, if you get this guy or maybe if you've already gotten him and the last guy got it bumps your rank to two which again you get the first understanding that um, your your shit can increase here and like your bullet max goes from fifty to a hundred and then your grenades I think starts at fifty for your grenade launcher can now be thirty and then now you can hold six rations and you get a little more life. Uh, which is uh, yeah, very cool um, when you learn that and understand that that's the there's an added benefit to rescuing these fucking prisoners beyond just the semi useless information they give you, you know. Right, and I think at some point you have to be like a certain rank to like send a message or something. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think it does have narrative. It, it is kind of it's kind of yeah, it, it's very much the way. Uh, well, just having the life and then enough – sometimes like there's there, there's enemies, some of the bosses and stuff, you need a certain number of mines or a certain number of missiles, you know, and you wouldn't right. even be able to hold enough to do that unless you were rank whatever uh, to, to, to be able to hold that many, you know. So, yeah, it, it is a way also it keeps you um, confined to whatever area you're supposed to be in when you're in – when you're that level of character, you know. Right. Uh, which is good gameplay design. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so yeah, you get that prisoner, and he tells you Gray Fox is stuck in solitary confinement somewhere. So this is this is actually a, a big narrative nugget because um, that's that's your first goal here is to find him. So now you're kind of like you're basically okay. So now I need to go get to solitary confinement. I need to get I need to be a prisoner. I need to get caught, uh, or I need to, I need I need to get to the prison. You don't know that you need to get caught, but you you know that you need to uh, uh, get to where prisoners are. So uh, a click down from that are the machine the uh, the submachine gun, which is like um, as opposed to the hand gun that you got is kind of just like this one bullet at a time straight ahead deal the submachine gun is automatic so you can just hold the button and it'll fire kind of a a back and forth wave which is way more helpful when those fucking enemies are running all over kind of chaotically um it's a much better gun to have uh so that's cool um you get an exclamation uh instead of a question mark when he repeats it back to you about the machine gun big boss uh uh again which is you know again he's Likes these, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's got an excitement for the submarine yeah, gun, I yeah. guess. Do, do you mean the Ingram Mac 11? Uh, and then he says the shit again about how you need not use it. But the prisoner tells you the best way to get to the prison is to let the enemy capture you. So um, that's how you know that you then have to get captured. I might have actually missed that part because, if I'm not mistaken, sometimes the text box will disappear if you're touching the D-pad. Yeah, no, yeah, you gotta, yeah, I think the D-pad is the same as a button depression, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, like, any time, yeah, like, if you walked no in, way. Just, yeah, and there's no way to get it back either, yeah. Right, so I think I missed that part where it was, like, you have to get captured, and I, I had to look that part up. Yeah, which is, yeah, that would be super fucking, that would I that didn't would... really look it up so much as, like, it's on the map, and it's, like, go here to get captured. Right. right? Yeah, yes, it is, it, it shows you the truck you gotta go to. So, yeah, I figured that was part of it, but it's just, like, yeah, they, they kind of, that D-pad issue kind of screwed you a little bit. Word. Yeah, and, yeah. Just, I mean, in general, like the idea, like okay, I have to get captured. Like, there's seems to me there's probably a better way, bro. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, because yeah, he's been sneaking all around the jungle and all these other buildings, and then he's you know one of his buddies tells him like, oh yeah, he's in this other building in solitary confinement. He's like, there's no way I'm getting in there. Gotta get captured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I give up. <laughs> like, damn, dude, you didn't even try. Yeah. But this is a, he's an experience though, remember, so Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess, not have yeah. Better. yeah, yeah. Probably very easily influenced. Uh um, so yeah, maybe that is that, that Yeah, is. if some veteran tells him like you just gotta get captured, like he's right. probably just gonna do it. Yep, yep. That's a very good narrative justification for sure. 
Right. Uh, so yeah, so it's just one more click down. Basically, is is the truck that's on the map marked for surrender, as you said. So you go in there, and then some mook comes and arrests you uh, right away, and you have to like, <laughs> like the thing about it is like, and again, you have the map, so it does at least clearly identify this truck uh, as such, and you know the map is like I said, the map is very busy. And, like, it is easy to maybe miss things. Like, if you don't know that you have to go into a truck <laughs> uh, to get, like, he tells you, yes, you get, like, getting captured is what has to happen. Uh, like, okay, so how do we get captured? Like, you're not just going to assume, like, oh, I have to walk into the back of a truck probably that's parked somewhere in this fucking place. Like, right. so, yeah, if you're not really fucking picking apart this menu or this map uh, really thoroughly like it'd be very easy to miss that information you know um and, and kind of wander around aimlessly trying to find out how the fuck they get caught but if you do find it yeah you just walk in but even even when you walk into the truck though what i was getting at there is like you it's not like you walk into the truck and it immediately happens like you have to walk into the truck and then walk all like not all the way to the front of the truck but probably two-thirds of the way into the truck before it cues the guy to come in and capture you so and the problem like, with that is there's no there's nothing in the truck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so, no reason to walk with the truck other and than And there's been other trucks that have nothing in it and you realize that there's no reason to be in it. So you might walk into that truck and be like there's nothing turn around and walk out and you miss the chance to be captured. And like and that's that and that this is like the gamer asking for the impossible too in one of those situations because like narratively you're sitting there like you don't want to just like like it, it wouldn't make like if you just walked into the truck a nanosecond ago like, how did there was no one on the screen a nanosecond ago? Yeah, like, where how did he come from? Yeah, where did he come from? So, like, they're trying to justify that, probably. Uh, but yeah, as from like a gameplay stance or gameplay uh, perspective, like, uh, how am I supposed to know how to do that? You know, right? Uh, and uh, you could you could easily see somebody like getting stuck on that a little bit, right? And being like, what the fuck? Like, I'm going to the truck and I'm not getting captured. Like, yep. why is this happening? Right? Yeah, and I for sure fucking did that as a kid. There's no question. Like that that right. was something that I did not get right away. No doubt. Uh, and there were there were many cases of that where I just did not have the fucking brain capability or the, or the problem solving capability yet to even deal with like clear clear delineations of what needs to happen on the map did not mean that my little seven year old mind could make it fucking happen you know <laughs> process that right, right yeah uh, so you know that and that's again kind of a thing like I, we'll get into it later but I uh, I, I want to bring it out. I'll, I talk about it a little bit and kind of what I was thinking here when it made narrative sense in the gameplay. But like, you know, the, the map, it tells you everything. Everything's fucking on here. Like everything. So like, right. is that too much? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like it, you kind of, without it, you'd be fucked. You know, it's not, you can't, there's no, there is no internet too. We've said it a million times. It's redundant to repeat it, but fucking like, there's no, there's no other way to figure this shit out. So if, if, if it's just a thing that like you don't get because the technical, the, the, the technology, the graphics don't allow you to interpret it. Like you just be pissed off. You never get anywhere. And like, you almost like have to have this concession of ease to some degree in order to have any hope of beating it, you know, or getting anywhere in the game. And that's, it's tough. It's a tough place to be, um, both as the player and the developer, you know? Right. I mean, I think like, you know, more modern games, they, they, they found ways to incorporate all of these, all of this information that you needed. They found ways to get that into the game itself, you know, by like, you know, right. Pulling up your menu, like your pit boy and fall out, you know, and sorting your quests right. and shit like that. Exactly. This game is actually, you know, fairly complex, but there was no way for them to do it on screen, so they just right. did it 
on the paper, but like you right. said, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and yeah, clearly, and clearly they were at capacity too because they decided that they had to cut out the end boss that the game is named after. So clearly they were right up against it. <laughs> on right. Bit, on, on bites, unavailable bites. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like they didn't try. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they considered ways to do it, but yeah, when you're cutting the final boss, you're kind of up shit creek already. Right, right. So that fucker captures you, and the screen blacks out, and then you, I don't know, materialize uh, in a room that looks like all the others, and you're getting a call on your transceiver, um, which is very interesting. <laughs> that they've taken everything from you, even your fucking smokes, um, uh, except this huge two-way radio that you were lugging around. <laughs> right. I, I thought that was funny. I was like, they didn't take that? Uh. Yeah. What kind of dipshit military prison lets you keep a two-way radio while incarcerated? Yeah, and I can't <laughs> imagine in 87 when this theoretically takes place that they were miniaturized to the yeah, point where you yeah. could conceal it. Well, you, I mean, what, you could see the fucking thing. I mean, like, there's just no way to make that thing that you were shown as a transceiver a micro-sized device, you know? There's just no right. way. Um, it would need. It, it couldn't have a dial like that in those frequency by panel and shit. Like, there's just no way to do that uh, in, a, in, a, in a tiny way. Um even if they were very, very uh, technologically advanced with this communication tool. Right. Anyhow, uh, it is Big Boss telling you infiltration accomplished. So, okay, getting captured was good. Thanks. And now to locate Gray Fox's cell, uh, he tells you, check the way, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, I was <laughs> fucking dumb, but okay, thanks. Uh, and this is a perfect example of just like um, my... The how deeply this game was rooted into my psyche as a kid, and like I played the shit out of it, and I was so into it. And there's some of those things will just never go away till the day you die, uh, as a result of how much, how big of a deal it was to you as a kid. I just knew that I had to punch the wall to open the door to get out of here, and exactly where on the screen I needed to do that. No. <laughs> and there's nothing about that room that tells you that that's where it is, you know. Um, uh, anyhow, you punch that fucker. Gray Fox is in the next room over. So that's funny that they. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how how important they know either of you are theoretically. Like, um, and Big Boss could be orchestrating this too. And it's just you know, he, he, maybe he does need you to Gray to get to Gray Fox and his little fucking grand scheme. Who like who the fuck knows? But seems awfully close to be the target. You know that you get put in the room next to the target is interesting. Also um, very easy. To, to get to him. Like, right. you get well, to Gray Fox, like, you just fucking punch the wall, and, like, oh, now you're talking. <laughs> exactly, That's yeah. typically not how you conduct yourself with prisoners, but... Right. If... if yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to be uh, to be questioned there. Um, another question, too. Uh, why didn't they tie Snake up? You know? Off they with must have wanted head. him to get out, I guess. Yeah, off with someone's head. I mean, they fucking... Uh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the only logical answer. Right. Um, yeah, all the other prisoners are tied up. Why the fuck isn't the snake? Yeah, uh, well, they were too busy, I guess. Yeah, too busy. Yeah, too, too busy. Leave fucking, leave him the, let him keep the radio. I'll tie him up. Fuck, this guy's He's fucking meaningless. We caught him in the back of a truck. This guy's a dipshit. He's a dumb <laughs> guy. truck. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Uh, that's the capture truck. It's right on the map. It's the capture truck. Okay, it idiot. says, plain as day. You walk into it, no way. <laughs> this, we do not have to worry about this dude. I never uh, thought that would... <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah, so you untie Gray Fox, and he tells you about the Metal Gear. And he basically describes uh, a weapon I'm sure the U.S. military currently has. Uh, <laughs> you know, a nuclear cable tank to divert to that controversy landscape. Uh, it's really not even that advanced of a fucking piece of weapon. I yeah, mean, the, yeah, the, nuclear, the nuclear capability being in the hands of someone with the wrong fucking uh, intentions is bad, of course. But it, he makes it sound like this wildly progressive uh, weapon type that uh, has never been conceived of before, you know? Right, yeah. Oh, so you're talking about a weapon system that can move and do things? Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he goes on to explain that Dr. Petrovich, the inventor of Metal Gear, is the only person who knows how to destroy it, and th- and that he's being held captive in building number one. So you're basically, this is like, okay, narrative, super narrative significance. Now you have your next goal. Got to go to building one, got to find Dr. Petrovich. So out of there, your only option is to head east, uh, where you'll hit your first boss battle, uh, which is with Shotgunner, is the name of the boss. Uh, and uh, <laughs> there's no better way. There's no other thing you can say about it. Uh, his entire mechanic is he shoots shit at you, and that's all, really. <laughs> yeah. We we really did try to come up with like ways to differentiate this, but we yeah couldn't. Like, yeah we talked about yeah the the bosses we fucking all sorts of shit and like it's just yeah there's just there's not a lot of uh, there's a lot of redundancy with a lot of the things in this enemy wise uh, yeah boss and common enemy um, that there's just not much that can be said about it. But so we shoot shit at you. With a shotgun, as you, I guess, as you would imagine, it looks the same as all the other bullets, but maybe it's a shotgun. And there's a door here that you can punch open where all your shit is conveniently bagged up on the table and unattended. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, you, know, you, you basically have to run, like, you know, he's in the room where that door is, the shotgun, and you obviously you can't battle him with your fists, or maybe you could, but could, not but... well. Uh, so you got to run past him as he's shooting shit at you. And run into that room that's open uh, that you can punch open. Rather, there's two doors: one that you can one that you can open with your fist, one that you can't. Uh, and you run down, you you go through there and um, grab your shit. And uh, it's <laughs> it's labeled uh, robbed weapon on the map. Uh, Lols. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see what it was labeled. Robbed weapon is, is how your your bag of shit is, is labeled on the map. Um, and there's, and it's funny, we talked about this yesterday. It made me so happy when you texted me about this, dude. Yeah. It actually was kind of cool that this yeah. happened. Yeah, there's a, in that bag of shit, because like I said, it's like, you know, it's all conveniently bagged up in this room. Like there's something like, oh, what the fuck? Like when you first find it the first time, you're kind of like, what the fuck? This is fucking stupid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's the fucking trap. And so you get your shit, and there, and nothing, nothing tells you about it. There's no, you would just, there's there's no indicator. Nothing is different in your gameplay. All your weapons work fine. They're all there. And but there there's a new thing in your inventory, and it's a transmitter, is what it's called. Um, and this is bad. <laughs> it basically alerts all the enemies in a room when you walk in the second you walk in. Uh, and it's super easy to get rid of as a problem. You just have to use it like you use a, uh, like you use your rations and the inventory, and it goes away. And the idea there is that you just you're just throwing it away. Uh, but there's nothing in the game that tells you that. So if you don't know, uh, you like will just walk around and shit is now aggroing instantly, and you're like, "Fuck, man! I guess the game's getting harder." <laughs> you know. I thought uh, it was one of two things. I thought either like once I passed this first boss-like character, like the enemies were just like noticing me right. easier like shit was getting real and they're like all right we got to pay attention like this dickheads out there sneaking around yeah, so did. like i tried to go over like my stealth technique again i was like trying to make <laughs> sure i was like just in the shadows and shit and uh, none of it was working and then after that 
I thought that the game was glitching, and I got really upset. Right, which, you, you texted me last night. I was fucking sitting there with uh, uh, my buddy Shawnee. had another fucking one of those wrestling parties, so I was sitting watching WrestleMania, so I was all for engaging some other idea. <laughs> <laughs> my group chat was talking about WrestleMania, actually, recently. <laughs> It was six hours, man. It yeah. was fucking on. It started at four o'clock. I was there till ten o'clock. That shit was on six hours, which it's is a ins- fucking thing, man. It's phew, that's insane, though, man. It's six hours. It's super insane to sit in a fucking living room and like have other shit to do, food, etc. Other people to talk to. Uh, it's really fucking insane to go to MetLife Stadium uh, and stand in that fucking place for six hours uh, for like a live event. Like, there's just I can't. There's there. I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to say because uh, there never would be an NFL game in six hours. But I, I don't think I could sit right. and watch the most riveting Buffalo Bills game ever for six hours. <laughs> I think I, I could see me going to a WrestleMania event like with, with some friends because it would probably be a pretty good time. Like It, it, would, it would be like a spectacle. I would have to get so loaded. <laughs> I would be drinking. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Uh man, I, I could see it, but uh, yeah, wrestling's okay. Imagine, that. imagine how much drink costs at one of those, and six hours of maintaining uh, a uh, the influence of alcohol for six hours at a live yeah. event where the things cost that much money is probably a million dollars. Like, I, there's a part of me that wants to be like, no, nah, man, the beers are probably pretty affordable, but I know they're not. No, they are not. not Met- they're, they're, they never are, in fact. So why would they be there? Well, that MetLife Stadium is in fucking New York, dude. It's, I mean, it's in New Jersey technically, but Not, it's a New York venue. Uh, I guarantee you they're super expensive there. I was just considering the event. Like, you know, maybe WrestleMania needs to draw in a crowd, but they don't. It, it would be, yeah, it would fucking suck. Most, most human beings, it said there was most human beings that ever stood in MetLife Stadium or came to MetLife Stadium for anything. I uh, right. was, was there for WrestleMania last night, uh, okay. special, especially fucking Jets games. <laughs> well, that <laughs> fucking hardly needs explanation. Right. Uh, anyhow. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, this is, not, this is not a WrestleMania podcast. Welcome this to the is... WrestleMania podcast. <laughs> this is this is the fucking Barrel uh, Squad of Honor podcast about NES games, and we were talking about the Metal Gear game on NES. And uh, so, yeah, the transmitter. So, like, as a kid, dude, I thought, I thought it was a new item that like had significance that I would need later. So, like, it never even crossed my fucking mind to just use it for nothing, you know? Right. Like, like. So I because that's the funny thing too. Like now you just try shit out, safe state, whatever. Like back then, like there are consequences for everything I do. <laughs> right. Like, like if, if you fucked around and dropped that transmitter and needed it, like you might have just fucked yourself. Yep. You might have ruined your entire game, and there's no way to know. Right. Uh, and that's the thing. Like even even if you even if you want to even if you do want to go to the length of troubleshooting and like okay, I have a password. Fuck it, I'll use it. Like you don't you don't know when it's going to happen that you would need it. So there's no way to really troubleshoot that back in the day, you know? So, yeah, right. I, mean, I remember walking around it forever, and, like, it, it... I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know if I ever, as a kid, knew to... I don't know if I ever did drop it. Like, I really don't. I, I feel like maybe I would have went the rest of the game, which is maybe why it was so fucking hard for me. <laughs> I was gonna say... And you've beat this game? Like, you beat uh, the game as a child? I told you, we talked about this, too, right before we got... I, I think I used a password to beat it. I don't think I ever right. actually beat it uh, all the way through. Because, yeah, th- there's a point later on with a thing that just blew my mind i had no fucking idea and i never i'm 100 percent certain i never did and it, you basically can't you cannot beat the game not doing the thing that i knew nothing about so there's just right. no fucking way that uh uh i ever beat it in, in like the traditional proper flowchart way you know there's just no right way. um when anyhow, i opened it when i got my shit i i opened up my my inventory like my equipment screen to see that you know i in fact had everything and i was just kind of hurrying through i was trying to keep moving and I, I didn't notice what it was 
but I noticed that there was something in a spot that there wasn't previously. Right. right. And I, I saw, I think I saw like T I, I saw the first TRA and I thought like, Oh, you know, that's my transceiver. <laughs> you know, and I just never noticed that it was also in my inventory, even though it's its own separate screen. So I just accepted it and moved on. Yeah. And then my life was shitty after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's a perfect, that's such a great example of just like the nuance of gameplay, like so different back then, you know, like there's just so much easier to miss things and not understand things and not interpret them the right way. <sighs> and I can see like a game, like a modern game, like uh, I'll just use Fallout because I used it as an example earlier. But like I could see you getting captured, you know, in the, you know, the fucking the progress of your story. And like they put a transmitter on you and you got to figure out how to get it out of there. But like there'd be a whole like narrative explanation of that, yeah. you know, or like ways for you to discover it like this. They just like literally like, I don't know, put it in the bag. Don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which like, is which is exactly how it would be. Which is exactly how it would be, right? Like the, the simplistic, like answer that Nintendo needed is actually the real life thing. Right. Yep. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily give you the solution or the path to the solution while it introduced it. Well, they definitely wouldn't. Uh, but you know, that's not how games are now. That's not know, how games but, are now, right? Yeah. They do that shit. So yeah. Right. right. Super. Yeah. Uh, uh, a uh, fucking, I don't know, a, a preserved moment in time of gameplay nuance you know right uh, uh, a great example of it rather so yeah so you walk out of that fucking room with all your shit now and uh this how'd you kill the shotgunner well yeah that's that's gonna that's oh what... i thought you were moving on from that sorry no yeah walking out of the room you, you have to deal with the shotgunner now and um the this is the first time that you should be i guess you don't have to but you should be consulting the boss table uh on the map which that is also uh much like this map in general a never seen this before <laughs> you know right. and the only time i feel like i've maybe ever seen it since uh it is a whole table of all the bosses that you encounter in the game every single one of them down to the final and also every weapon in the game and and it's a matrix of how much said uh, or a particular weapon affects how much damage it does to a particular boss and then it also highlights what the op uh, the ideal weapon is and in some cases shows that uh what weapons d do not affect the boss you know so uh again like a very very transparent look at something that is usually a little more opaque in gameplay um as far as like what do i need to do to beat this boss uh how much do i need to do it to him in order to do so like all these things are usually part of the problem solving with bosses and that is totally um taken away here or bypassed by the presence of this table if you use it I, you have the option not to i guess uh but it's right there it's packing with the game um it would be hard to miss it <laughs> you know or... obviously i did though i, I didn't is it down in the bottom right of this thing, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it's basically, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not, I think maybe it was a double-sided thing, I can't remember. Yeah, it probably was a double-sided. I mean, I've, I saw it definitely, I just didn't take the time to read it, apparently, so that's what I get. Okay, so, so you didn't use the boss table, you're saying? I did not use the boss table, no. Oh, man. Uh, no, yeah. I did beat the shotgunner, but I can't remember, I think I might have... Well, you only, I mean, you know, the thing is, with this boss, I mean, you only have two weapons, and, and I didn't even have bullets for my submachine gun to employ at the mm -hmm. time, because I hadn't got ammo. Uh, like, when you pick up ammo, that's, like, an interesting thing to mention, too, that we haven't. When you pick up the ammo, it affects all your weapons, right. but only the weapon that you have, you know? So, like, I hadn't picked up ammo since I got the submachine gun, so even though the handgun and the submachine gun use the same ammunition, uh, I 
did not have any submachine gun bullets. So I could only use the handgun on shotgunner here, even though the boss table suggests the submachine gun is the ideal weapon to be using. You know mm. what I mean? Okay. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this is uh, this is another thing where I just remembered a thing from as a kid. Uh, there's a cheesing tactic. There's a cheesing tactic to all these bosses actually, uh, but there is uh, a very easy cheesing tactic for this one where you can lure them over to the left side basically, and then if you sprint and run over to the right side, that little corner with the where the boxes are set up, he yeah. won't enter into that corner. He won't go past the the left side of the box construct so you can just stand in the corner with your handgun and just shoot him the shoot the side of him and he doesn't even turn towards you or try ah. to try to hit you you know right, so right. so yeah i just did that one to the corner pepper disaster and there you kill him however many it takes it's like fucking i don't know handful of fucking shots six or something um and uh whoop his ass and then you can go to the other door in that room so, yeah how did you fucking beat him i i think i actually used the uh the plastic explosive. Oh man, that's super alt. That's super alt. <laughs> right. I think what ended up happening was there's that bottom right part of the corner where you can hide and not be hit. And then I would like sneak out. I'd like, you know, come out, turn right and go up immediately. And then just like drop plastic explosive. And then he would step on it or it, then it would blow up and he just had to be near and not. Are shooting. those, those are timed, aren't they? Are, are they a certain time or do you detonate those? No, they're timed. So like I had to do it and you I had no problem with I had no really? problem with it at all. I killed him immediately. Yeah, he thought... I, I think it took two or three hits or something. Yeah, with the well, shit, they're explosives. I would think it'd be quick. Yeah, if you could, if you could nail them. Right, um, but it never occurred to me to use the gun. Like, I actually figured that if it was a boss, it was probably like you know harder, right? To petty fucking handguns. Yeah, and then that's that's and that's that's probably so much more satisfying too. You know, that it's like. Uh... I mean, I knew the cheesing tactic, so I mean, I guess I could, I could have chose to not use that. But uh, even that aside, like the bot, like that's that's the thing, that's the catch with the boss table in this map. It's like it's, I'm sure it was so satisfying to beat him with no consultation. You know, I love that feeling. Yeah. Like you have to learn, you you figure something out, you you, know, you got to pick up a pattern. Like I said, it's a real time problem, uh, real time problem solving situation. You know, uh, fucking figuring out uh, a real time puzzle rather. That fucking you got to figure out, and like it's so satisfying when you're able to do that. Um, yeah, it was definitely a callback to like you know playing games as a kid and like holy shit, I actually figured it out. Right. Not that I struggle with it much, but I you know it was yep. satisfying for it to actually work. Because yep. like you said, there there's the bosses in this game. It's not necessarily clear that they are being damaged. Right, 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 right. So like for all I knew, I'm fucking putting these plastic explosives down. And the game's like, no, dickhead, get the gun out. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So. Yeah, super super satisfying feeling though if you fucking pull it off, man. I, it's um, it's funny that uh, I would even choose to deprive myself of it. But anyhow, uh, if you want to kill his ass, uh, nothing really happens when you kill the bosses. There's no like, congratulations. Well, there, yeah, there's there's a couple things I guess later on um, that uh, they do that that are drops from the bosses. So I shouldn't say that, but most of them don't drop anything. You, they die and then the room's just empty. <laughs> you know, right. uh, and that's this is that's an instance where this happens. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually I just thought I bet I didn't I didn't think to do it for any of them. But I bet if you go to your transceiver, uh, big boss has something mm. to say about each one of these bosses. Probably uh, that I've 100 percent regret not looking at. But anyhow, uh, you kill his ass. And then the other door that you couldn't get into before the that you couldn't punch open has key card three. Uh, in it, so now you have your third key card, uh, and you can use that to head east through the door on the on the eastern side of the door or the room rather. And the next room over has the body armor, uh, which I mentioned. If you 
take the time to use it is very useful for keeping you from getting your ass kicked or, or, or dying quick, uh, so quickly with the enemies, but you have to select it and deselect whatever other item you'd like to be using to do so, which sucks. And also, there's the enemy uniform over here. Um, and the room after that also is the bomb blast suit. Uh, so you're just like picking up a, a bunch of fucking um, uh, outfits, basically. And uh, there's there's some great big boss shit here. Um, big boss thinks the body armor is bunny foo foo sissy bullshit. He okay. says uh, he <laughs> says he says body armor. A man doesn't need body armor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, kind of, it's insane for your mili- for a military advisor to be saying that. Yeah, and, to uh, scoff at the notion, especially. Right, and then with the uniform, dude, Big Boss is really clowning on the mic. He goes, "Fucking," uh, he goes, "His message for the uniforms asks whether they're cute little sailor outfits." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? Which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy thing to put in the game, but fun, super fun. Right. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, so you pick that shit up. There's some enemies you got to fucking get around to to, to, to do so. But uh, this is the part in the game where, like right before this, like you said, you just you you acquire a bunch of shit after you beat the shotgunner. You get card three, and you get all this other equipment and shit. I, f- I feel like it almost opens up a little bit. Or I should say that I was stuck before this. I had a really hard time finding card three, and the game got like not fun at a certain point. I found myself backtracking a lot and like. Like you said, the map's a little busy, and it right. it, it just notice. it wasn't easy to follow. I didn't notice. I spent more time on this section than I should have, and it right. kind of well, yeah. Some if, you, of if, you, if you didn't get yeah, if you didn't get key card three there, yeah, you would have been just dead ended. No, uh, I had, I mean I got key card three after I beat Shotgunner. Like that was you know it, it was simple enough at that point, but just getting to that point, like right. it took me a while to figure that out. And the game kind of like opens up a little bit after that. It's a little bit more. Straight. I don't want to call it straightforward, but like, I managed the rest of the game that I got through much easier than card two to three. Okay. If that makes any sense. Well, yeah. I mean, card two to three has this fucking capture thing, and yeah, it it is a little. You're you're kind of you're you're at the you're 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 at the mercy of the direction of those prisoners, you know. And uh, particularly if you if you're fucking keying through it and you don't get the messages, like yeah, you would just be fucking lost, you know. Right. Um, and that goes back to we when we were talking about the debate we had. I think it was last uh, episode where we were talking about uh, Fallout and, and saying how like you know the finding the 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 the, the perfect sweet spot of um, you know a, a conversation you. well well a conversation record system of what you the things you have heard so you can consult them again so one you don't miss them and two if you forget them you can go back and consult that information that you've been given uh, but not having the shit hand fed to you you know what I mean um, right. And, and yeah, and this is a case where if you were missing some of those fucking prisoner uh, information tidbits that were critical, getting captured, whatever, um, then it would have been really kind nice. Kind of be hurting. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really nice to have a, a record-keeping system of the conversations you had, because there's also no way to Google. <laughs> you can Google the entire transcript of this game, which is a, kind of a fun Google, too, if you want to uh, spend a few seconds doing something dumb. Uh, you can, there's, there's, there's one of the FAQs websites has, and it's someone, some fucking, who are these people? I, dude, I can't believe it, dude. <laughs> sat down. Unbelievable. It mapped out every single, he actually, checked that, this guy ripped the code. Uh, because yeah, oh, okay. there's things you can't even get to necessarily. But I mean, still, it still requires making the FAQ. Uh, 
taking the time to do that. But yeah, he ripped the code and got every single thing that comes in as a transceiver um, communication, you know, which is that's fucking nuts, dude. There's some funny stuff. Dude, in those text based FAQs. I think we talked about I cannot believe that people do that shit. It, it's incredible. Yeah, that's something. And they're super helpful, but it's just like yeah. it's it's a fucking it's an investment of time that I don't think I would make for almost anything. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I had, I definitely needed to use one later on when I said I had to do the backtracking. Like, without that, I, I was, there's no, there's no way I wouldn't have been able to do it. Right. Um, so, yeah, you get the fuck out of that building, and yeah, it, I mean, you're saying that you're saying it opens up in like in a in a more uh, opens up as in a less linear or a more linear way. I just it felt was, like I was able to go more like more areas and do more things. Like, I, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yes, you, yeah, one hundred percent. You have like card three to four was pretty fucking simple for me, but card two to three was tricky. Right. No. Yeah. So so it's more it's 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 less linear in a good way. You're saying. I think um, so, yeah. Forward, yeah. I mean, yeah, up until this point, yeah, there's a very defined path you're on. There's no way to go to other, other buildings. You can't really backtrack. Yeah, it's like, it, it, I, I see what you mean. Uh, I thought you were saying that, like, it opened up um, in a way, like, you the narrative. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's no point. Right, right. Just going back on it. Uh, cool. Yes, I, I totally agree. Because, uh, yeah, there is, like, a level of, like, I thought you were saying it opened up and, like, you didn't know where to go, you know? No, no, I just felt like I could, I, I had more at my disposal at okay. that point. Right, right. yeah. Yeah, there, there are, because of the way this map is, yeah, I mean, it, it is very, everything is clearly labeled, but that doesn't mean that there is a path laid out to you. It is just a map, you know? Right. Uh, there is no ordering of it that suggests you should follow a certain path uh, through these maps. It's just a very, very detailed top-down view of every screen, like, Interpret it how you may. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Figure it out. But here right. it is. So, yeah. So there's time. If you get like, you know, like, perfect example, if you don't know to fucking talk to that guy about the prisoner and get captured, like, you can just be wandering around. Like, I have no fucking idea where to go. I just don't fucking know. And right. uh, without Googling it, you know. So, yeah, this game can definitely get you stuck if, if you get off the path at all and miss some information or something. You can be just fucked, you know. Yeah. I took like a day off or something and like forgot exactly what I was doing and like, yeah, you're kind <laughs> yep. of. Yeah. You know, Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, so you walk out of there, uh, you'd be back in the, the jungle area, kind of, and this is a situation you, you walk, you head east a couple clicks, and you find a truck uh, where you can max out on rations slash life again, um, and then you score, you head south, score key card four, like you said, and, and you head right back into building one that you've already been in, and in this case, now you can go to the second floor, uh, and... You head, once you get on the second floor, you head west, uh, you max out your ammo so you can fucking finally get some submachine gun bullets, and then you avoid another perpetual motion machine, you whack a few dudes that are sleeping in front of some mines uh, that you pick up, uh, you free another prisoner, knock out a dude before he can turn on a heat panel, um, and that's the thing too, if, if you don't, the heat panels are fun, they're like one of my more... Um, they're a cool memory I have basically as a kid, because like, you, you, if you walk out of these heat panel screens... Uh, they're usually turned off when you first walk on, and there's usually an enemy that, like, I don't know, the guy who fucking <laughs> manages this <laughs> this section of the business, uh, he, like, oversees them, and if you aggro that guy, he doesn't attack you, he runs over and turns the fucking thing on, you know, turns on the heat panel. Right. So, uh, and there are these little boxes on the wall, and the only way... Uh, to get through the area then because I mean, you, you can you can run across it you don't die instantly but it is a serious life suck to do so mm -hmm. uh and this early on you have so little life that it'd be it'd be really hard to get through anywhere uh that has one of these without um 
disarming it first. And to disarm it, you need the remote missiles uh, in most cases. Uh, maybe in all cases, actually. Uh, but you fucking, yeah, you have to fire your remote missile and then guide it through the room. And they often, these rooms are often, often designed with kind of a, a maze look to them. So you have to do a lot of change of directions with the remote missiles. Um, right. And it gives it some difficulty, you know. And then fucking, yeah, I get the missile to guide over to the little box on the wall. And then it blows up the box. And then the thing turns off and you can go through. Um, which is cool. It's just a cool gameplay thing um, that, you know, is, is less of just another enemy to kill and like a problem that you have to solve, you know, right? Uh, which is which is good. Um, so, yeah, this that takes you to the infrared goggles, uh, which you, you texted me about those last night. Uh, the Why were you asking that exactly? Then? Yeah, because the, the infrared goggle room, I think it's a key card three room and it's protected by a heat floor. And you need to blow up the shit to get across to it, right? Uh, yeah, I was just describing. I didn't have any missiles, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, man. And like, I had seen in the map, like this section where, like, there's like those laser trip wires that would alert enemies that you were right. there. It told you where the lasers were. Right, but there's the thing is, and yeah, I thought the same thing too. Uh, which I was saying, like, they're not integral. And honestly, if you set one of those off, it just sets an alarm off. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Uh, but on top of yes, where it shows you the permanent ones are, those screens have ones that change too. Uh, and you can't see, you know, you don't have the timing of it. There's no way to without the infrared goggles on. There's no way to know when. The uh, timing. Yeah, the timing. So you know, if you want to get through those undetected, you definitely need it. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess that would that probably gets me the question. So when you first, and maybe this is too complex of a question to recall, but when you got keycard two, like I said, you got to backtrack uh, to go on like the optimal flowchart, uh, at least by my um, uh, analysis, I would say the optimal flowchart of wrapping back around that first floor or third floor rather of building one. You probably didn't backtrack then, you probably because you would have got the remote missiles if you did so, or did you just run out of them? God, I can't. Remember. I think I ran out. I had them. Man, I wonder if I beat Shotgunner with missiles, actually. That would have been way easier. They're, they're definitely super useful for a lot of the bosses. I think that's <laughs> what I did. Yeah, I think I beat him with the missiles. So I had them, and um, yeah, I don't know that I immediately backtracked. <laughs> well, actually, you might have used them here, too. Cause, well, I don't know, because this is right after. Who knows, though? Uh, but yeah, so right after that infrared panel with the, where you get the, or rather the heat panel infrared goggle situation... Um, the which also the infrared goggles have no good big boss joke. He just says use them for their obvious purpose. Uh, I thought we were on like a incrementally po uh, incrementally better joke uh, route here. I was hoping for something good throughout after I got that little sailor joke. <laughs> but, wow, they phoned in on that one, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he backtracked a little bit on his fucking comedy routine. Uh, so yeah, so right after that is the machine cut machine gun kid boss, your second boss, and he's a. Basically, just he, he strafes back and forth at the top of the screen, and he fires his machine gun uh, down the little hallways at you. And this is a great, like, the remote missiles are great for this guy because you can just stand at the bottom of uh, these partitions, and he only runs around at the top of the screen. And if you stand beneath those partitions uh, and you're blocked by the, uh, them from his bullet fire, you can just send out the, the, the remote missiles and guide them up to him and just fucking kill his ass that, that way without even having to really engage him, you know? Right. Uh, you can also use the grenades where you like run up and fire one um, and kind of have to do the, figure out a timing thing, you know, uh, where he's like moving across because he moves and stops in these certain spots. So like, if you time it out and you pick up on its pattern, you can run up there, fire a grenade and they like the grenades kind of like lob in this like uh, 
you know, upward trajectory and then come back down. So it's not, it's not a totally quick thing. So you can time where you lob him up, run back behind before he gets over and the grenade lands on his head as he hits the spot that you fired it at, you know? Right. Um, I didn't beat him in battle. No, I, I think like, I don't know that maybe I wasn't at like a level where I had enough shit to like beat him. I might not have had any missiles at this point or anything, but like I was low on health and kind of annoyed at the game at this point. So I just like, I, I, I consulted the map. I checked the door that he was guarding essentially was like key card two or three or what the fuck ever it was. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I got as close as I could. I got to the wall or the pillar that was guarding me and I just fucking flew around the corner right up to the door and opened it up and ran in there and grabbed, I think the iron fist. Right. Yeah. The iron gloves behind him. Oh, iron fist is a, Never mind. Um, that might yeah. be what it, that might be what they call it. I don't know. Iron glove, iron fist. Iron but... fist is actually a Coed and Cambria song. <laughs> so I, I'm confusing Coed and Cambria and Metal Gear. But uh, yeah, so I just went in there and grabbed the fucking uh, the 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 iron glove and uh, then walked out and tried to run down the hallway. But he killed me. Of course, I didn't care at that point and just went to my checkpoint and continued on. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's basically what he's doing. He's guarding that. Which uh, I. I I think it might be required to get open a door later on that you have to get open, uh, but it's kind of a boring pickup. Um, yeah, I never used it for anything. Uh, you, I, I'm like you probably didn't get to the part. I think there, I just there, didn't get to the part where you yeah, had to. I'm yeah, sure, later but... on, I think you, 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 it's basically it's the same thing. It's the same mechanic as as the punching without a fucking fist, but there's doors that can only be opened that way with the, the fucking, glove. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So yeah, you get you uh, you get the fucking glove. You head east, and there's another prisoner that tells you Petrovich is being held in a cell um, on the roof. So you head through an infrared area that hopefully you have the fucking uh, goggles uh, with which to navigate, and then you head up to the roof, and you already have that bomb blast suit, as I mentioned, that you got from the prison uh, the the prison cell building, and that gets you through the wind barrier right there at the beginning. Because no, like what actually it's it's kind of a it's just a kind of a fun animation uh, before you have that, or if you don't have it equipped, when you walk out the door, it like literally picks your guy back, it like freezes your guy mid animation, and. Um, moves you back to the door and you just like you, you know yeah the wind just won't allow you right. to go on it does it is laid on the map like it's like a very it's like it it's kind of it's like it's only place yeah it's wind barrier and then it puts in parentheses knee bomb blast suit like if it did not have if it just said wind barrier it would have been like who who knows what to do with that <laughs> then know? what like right. yeah so it, it is uh Again, to their credit, like oh, maybe we should put a parenthetical there. <laughs> yeah, give them a little, so yeah. Well, yeah, give them a little something, yeah. So yeah, you get through there, and then there's there's a lot of stealthy badass snake shit uh, that you got to do up here to get past the dudes, and you score a prisoner uh, up here that bumped me to rank three where I was at when I got to him, which ups your max capacity to 200 gun bullets and 60 grenades and some more life, uh, of course, and then uh, the rations go up to nine, maybe. And then you, once you get the prisoner, you backtrack to the suspension bridge area. Did you get to this? I did, yes. Which is, this is another thing that's like, this is actually the thing, dude, that I most associate with the slow-mo feature on the NES Advantage. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is funny. Like, it seems like, yes, that would be helpful, but actually, 
it's not. No, <laughs> like, of course it's not. Uh, like, like, yeah, like I remember reading, a, I remember a tip that like suggested you do it, and that was probably them just trying to sell fucking NES advantages because it's actually it it's not. Com- I mean, maybe it's harder for a kid, you know, using the stick. It's your motor motor skills are shittier when you're little, but uh, like because uh, it's just pausing, you know, and it's already slow and kind of stilted the animation for this. So mm-hmm. like. If, it's harder to time. I would think, it, or it is, or I would think it would be harder to time. I wasn't able to use the slow mo feature. I guess maybe the emulator has it. Maybe I could have tried it, but I didn't. Uh, I would think a slow mo feature would just fuck up your timing even more and make it harder uh, because there is a very predictable timing to it. Otherwise, uh, to inch your way across. I mean, did you did you have any trouble with this? Absolutely none. Yeah, exactly. It, like it, the only difficult parts are the very beginning of the bridge. It, like once you get like a quarter through the bridge, like it's pretty predictable and doesn't move all that much. Right. You can, so yeah, it wasn't nudge, hard. Nudge down, nudge over, nudge down, nudge over, uh, yeah. to get across it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I certainly remember dying as a kid. Cause when you die, uh, it, it you, just, it's, I, I jumped down on my own just to see what would happen. And yeah. you fall back to the, what the very, the vehicle depot that we were talking about with all the <laughs> tanks you land yeah. on, I land on top of a tank. Yeah, down to fucking yeah, that's super cool. And but die, you die, <laughs> which is cool because like that happened. Yeah, and of course you die because like that when I did that and I saw that I landed on a tank, I was like, and then I was back in that you know first area for whatever reason it was. I was like, oh, there's like you know a whole building above me. Like I was able to like visualize it in my head right. that this yeah. world existed even when I couldn't see it. Yep, which is yeah, super cool. Again, yeah. immersion, immersion tactics, great. They 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 could have just like you could have fallen off the bridge and like you know you could just be dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but they 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 added a little something else to like you know help to immerse you. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you get over that and you get like the you, you get your kind of first instance. Every every enemy up to this we haven't mentioned it, but basically every other than the dogs. Um, and the bosses, every enemy you've encountered has been the exact same sprite, the exact same enemy. Uh, and you get across this bridge, and you get your first change, and they become these the Checkpoint Charlie guys. Or maybe it's not Checkpoint Charlie. I don't know who the fuck it is. It's another soldier. Uh, he's different, and he's, I guess he's a little more... Um, I don't know. They, they seem to be a little more attentive or a little more reactive, I guess. Well, uh, what's going on with these guys, uh, they, they actually have jetpacks on. <laughs> And I believe in the uh, MSX2 version, they could fly around the screen. Oh, really? This that is one of those changes that the other division of Konami was asked to make. And they just said, like, okay, these guys won't fly. So they're just fucking regular. So they don't look like the, you know, no, yeah, all the they're... other enemies, but they essentially are the other enemies. Right, okay. Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Cause, yeah, they did their... their... They were not wildly different. I was trying to find like a small nuance. They seemed maybe a little more attentive, but yeah, I would not argue that they are. Um, interesting, 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 interesting. I never do that. So to the uh, to the left of that is another heat panel screen um, where there's there's really no way around learning the remote missile thing. Like the the one you were talking about before, you could figure out you could kill the guy before he gets there. Uh, in a lot of cases, you can do that. You can frag the guy before he he uh, sets the fucking thing off. But where the guy is located on this screen, there's no way to get over to him, uh, or, or or to get to him to kill him, and because he's right by the box. So like the mm. second you get there, it's like fucking boom. He's, he's turned it on, and then you're on top of it. So you got to fucking um, uh, learn to learn to do that um, to blow up the box thing, which you'll need later. So that's cool. Uh, and then What's there's in that room, the mind detector. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a borderline useless fucking. It's, it's kind of like the binoculars. It's like, yes, it works, but it's more trouble than it's worth, you know? Right. Uh, which sucks, you know, because I, I am the item thing about this is fucking one of the cool things about it. I wish the. They were more integral in some cases, you know, small, right. small, small gripe, not a big one, but a small one. Yeah, I mean, as many items as this game has, like most of them are pretty practical. Right. I think. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they say it's not not a huge bitch at all, but just, just a little thing every now and again. It's kind of like, yeah, that's fucking I'm just not bother with that. You know, even right. though it would be nice to feel more pressure to use it. Um, so you head east from here. Once you get that uh, over to the bottom right corner, you get your next boss battle. It's twin shot. And they're like they're basically like each guy has this has a turret, a stationary turret that fires these uh, large fires bullets and then also these larger shells uh, periodically. And there's a total again thing I remembered viscerally a, a cheese tactic with a grenade launcher where like there's like there's three uh, I don't know divots uh, little carve out things at the top of the screen they fill the left two of the the, the two on the, the the left and the middle one and then there's an empty right one and if you run over to the right one the top you gotta like run past them and get past a little bit of bullet fire but you can run past them run up into the top right corner and then just lob grenades over top of the partition dividing you mm. and kill the one in the middle and then that frees up that little hole and you can move over to that and then do the same tactic to the one to the left and you're not even again much like uh shotgunner you're just you never even really have to deal with the bullet fire um at all you know they can't hit you right i did that i think i might have gone into this i think it took i counted that it took 10 grenades to kill one and i think i might have gone into this with 19 grenades <laughs> so like i couldn't kill the the far left one and I don't think I was willing to put a lot of effort into it at that point. So I just like, once again, I just fucking ran up and then ran through him, took the damage, opened the door. I got, there's a prisoner in there, I believe. Uh, well, this is, it's, it's, uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's an empty room with, uh, it's, is it too late for Dr. Petrovich message? Um, and then another with a prisoner that tells you that Petrovich has been moved to building two. Uh, and that it's, and this is weird to me that it's in exactly 10 kilometers north of here. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's like fucking metric system. I'm a fucking American, you know, prisoner scumbag. Rock flag eagle. Give me, give me right. miles. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I need miles, man. I don't fucking care. Um, uh, yeah, I think when I got that prisoner, I went to level three, which would have allowed me to get enough grenades. I probably had 20 before. I don't know. But yeah, right. that one put me at level three. Okay. So you came out, you just got fragged by him again, or you ran yeah, out? I came out, and I just, like, because I, I opened the, the central door, I opened, and then was there nothing in there? Uh, well, yeah, that's the way, as I said, the one, the one is an empty room that says, you know, is it too late for Dr. Petrovich? And like, yeah, so I saved data back, I saved data back, killed the, the, the center guy, and then, um, snuck past, got the fucking thing, came out, got killed, went back to my checkpoint and carried on. Word. By any means necessary. So you, you, <laughs> that's everything in this building. You head the fuck out, you get outdoors and you head up north, uh, as it instructs you to, to a tank. Um, that is kind of like uh, a gatekeeper of sorts to the next part of the game, really. Um, which is really it's what it's, it, that's it's probably the best instance of the thing I mentioned where you have to get to a certain rank in order to have and carry enough things in order to you just kind of described it for Twin Shot too, but you you get to a certain part of the game where you have to 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 be able to hold enough 
um, ammo for whatever weapon is necessary to kill this thing, you need to be at level three. Um, otherwise, you can't do it. It's impossible. Um, and you can't, you know, it's not like you can drop some, go back, get more, and then come back and, like, the, that, that damage you did went away while you, while you right. were off screen. So there's no way to cheat this, really. You have to be at level three in order to kill the tank. Uh, and... To kill the tank, everything, nothing works on it basically but mines. You know, like the idea is it's an armored tank, so only blowing it up from below uh, is the only way to do damage to it. So you got to do this fucking thing where, yeah, you get enough fucking mines, and then it, it kind of rolls back and forth in this narrow driveway of sorts, firing machine gun spray. Uh, and this is actually probably one of the tougher bosses, in all honesty. Um, you got to learn to... Uh, how, well, how did you... Did you deal with this fucking thing or so i got to it i think i was level three but i had not had an opportunity to pick up any more mines mm -hmm. so i didn't have enough like i didn't okay let me put it this way i had i think i had nine mines and i figured that mines were the way to go with this thing so i started you know sneaking out and dropping them and the tank would get hit by them but there was no indicator that it was being hit Mm -hmm. And so I used my nine mines and it didn't do anything. And I think I tried grenade launcher and got killed a couple times doing that. And this is the point where I was just like, I'm kind of done with this. And I did not pass the tank. No. Oh no. no. Yeah. I mean, I had, I did have trouble here too before. Cause yeah, I similarly, you know, I, I initially, like I remembered those, those cheese tactics for two of the three bosses. The other one's relatively easy. Uh, I was able to be with some level of kind of just figuring it out uh, without having to consult the table. Uh, so I was trying to do that too. And this is the first time I was, yeah, I was, I wasn't like, I, I, I thought I was, I, I'm pretty sure I was like, I gotta use mines. I'm pretty fucking sure. But yeah, you couldn't tell. I used up all the ones I had and it had, he wasn't dead. So like, uh, yeah, I died, uh, and failed a bunch before checking the boss table basically and realizing that I needed 11 and I had only, I only had 10 with the save state that I was on. So I had to head back to building one stock up, come back. Um, there is to the developer's credit, <laughs> I will say this is probably like, I'm probably not the first person that had that exact experience, um, not having enough, dying a bunch and being like, what the fuck? And then like, maybe I need to go get more mines. Uh, and to, so to their credit, all you have to do is go straight back to building one and the northern entrance of building one that you came out of to go up here. Mm. Uh, just a couple screens to the left. One screen to the left, actually, is the truck with mines in it. So okay. like they're like they had them there for you, you know, once you realize that. Uh, once I, yeah, so once I had enough fucking firepower and knew what I was doing, checking the table, uh, I fragged it. Um, no sweat. You know, you just like right. you kind of run up to the building. Uh, and then the, the, the gunfire can't doesn't ever really hit you if you're up close to the, to the buildings that it's tucked there behind. And kind of when it backs up, you time out the gunfire. You just run in, drop two, run around the corner, wait for him to back up enough to do it again, rinse, repeat. Um, so once you know what you're doing, it's not that tough. But it, it initially was, yeah, probably one of the tougher bosses I encountered in this fucker. Right. So, so yeah, you get through there. Um, and there is a minefield one click north of that um, labeled on the map. So basically using that mine detector you just got, theoretically. Uh, and I did use it there because it was the first time. So and then there is like it, if you didn't have it, you probably would hit some and take a little damage. But even if you don't, you, you could probably make it through it. Uh, it's not fucking so dense that you, you, you would die without it. Um, you get through there, you hit the front of building two, you get a big boss call. Uh, <laughs> in front of building two here where the fucking hypocrite tells you to use the enemy uniforms. <laughs> he was commenting right. on earlier <laughs> to get past the guard. Yeah, uh, he's talking all that shit about it and he tells you to use it. Yeah. And then, of course, in the end, it turns out that... Right. You know, 
Yeah. So fucking yeah. You. He also tells you there that you. you he's switching the com frequency. So, like I don't know. Like interpreting what that means. Like trying to find some story significance for it. Like I imagine. Um. You know, shit's like you're getting further than you're supposed to have. Things are getting a little haywire here. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, think, like he's starting to think that maybe shit's fuck. You know. Yeah, um, not going like I thought it was gonna. Exactly. So he switches com frequency for whatever reason that would be, um, and then tells you, yeah, to fucking use the little, the little sailor unis, and they work like a charm to right. Big Boss's credit. You get into building two, and on the first floor here, it's like this big, uh, it's like a shit water. Uh, it sucks. That this is this is a, a interesting building. It sucks that you didn't really dig around. Well, with. I saw it on the playthrough, so I'm kind of familiar with it. Okay, so yeah, so it's like a it's a big shitwater fucking building, basically. It's like the sewer the sewer system, um, and if you you can you can, you don't have to go into it, but the, the, the if you go to the area where you don't go into it, it's kind of you get nothing benefit out of that really. So you go straight into the shitwater and uh, through this little fucking canal and you know you can kind of hide the enemies don't really even see you and you go right through this door and there's the you get another tank it's called the bull tank uh, boss battle and this is um, I, I did check the boss table here and you just literally it's grenades and you fucking just dump on his ass you just stand at the bottom of the screen and just dump on him he's like it's like a bulldozer kind of and like the whole thing is that he's just gonna yeah I saw this right? it's okay. just gonna come and crush you right so fucking you just dump on his ass as fast as you can with grenades till he dies pretty simple to mow them down and uh behind that is an infrared beam room um where they actually move yeah i thought this was the one that changed yeah exactly so you definitely need it here to to not fucking set off the alarm and get through that and you can grab the antenna a few screens right and down uh which uh, like i think i'm not entirely sure but i think like it was like negatively affecting your com ability. Like you, or you, you, you had diminished com availability or something. And so you picked it up and then it allowed you to then contact someone you otherwise wouldn't be able to. Like I wasn't, it's, it's tough to discern its actual usage, I guess. That's right. what I'm saying. Uh, so got that. And then up to the rooftop and there's a prisoner right off the elevator there, uh, key card five all the way down at the bottom. And then basically you backtrack to the first floor. So it's just a couple item pickup prisoner, pr- prisoner grab. And there's nothing else up there of substance. And... You know, there's a couple of uh, a couple of prisoners on the rooftop, and I was wondering how the hell they got down off the roof without a bomb blast suit. Great question. Well, you can go you can go back through the you can you can pass through the wind barrier going that direction because it's blowing a certain way. You know, I guess it would only blow you against the door. Right. Otherwise, it wouldn't even work. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Never mind. That doesn't yeah. make any sense then. Uh, from the previous building, yeah. But it's a good question. It's good to ask questions, Jeff. Just making sure. Just making sure everybody fucking crossed their T's. All our bases are covered, sure. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so you get that shit, head down to the first floor, and right off the elevator, you cut loose a POW that tells you about Arnold having a key card that you'd need for building three, uh, and that you can frag him with the rocket launcher, or best frag him with the rocket launcher. So, tips and tricks from fucking POWs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grab key card six on the other side of the shit moat, um, and then you head up to the second floor. Uh, is really the only place left to go here. And to the second floor, you head east, you grab the antidote, which um, I tried to I tried to ping Big Boss for some jokes here, but he was ghosting me now on both the frequencies. So he, uh, yeah, I don't know, now he's fucking going radio silent, right? Which is He's probably a little pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little, or maybe, again, like frantically dealing with some shit because shit's not going right, you know? Right. Um... So, yeah, you fucking get that, and then you got to do, 
a flyby in the Arnold boss till you get the rocket launcher, knowing that information. So you got to like, again, blow past him as he's firing at you and get to the area with the rocket launcher. And uh, a prisoner over here tells you the, to give the resistance fighter Jennifer a ring at a new frequency, 120.48 for, in quotations, direct support. Okay. Um, then he tells me she's a snob and she may not answer unless I'm classy. Ooh. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Did you, were you then presented with an option to be classy or trashy? I was not. No, this it was hmm. a very uh, yeah poorly poorly defined uh, construct. Exactly what okay. that meant within the confines of the game. Maybe this guy had like a a pass with Jennifer and he was just salty at her. That's very possible. Very possible. Uh, so that bumped me to rank four too, which is good. Rank four is a good place to be in this game. It's kind of where yeah. it's basically where you the remainder you I think you can get to the end, rank five. But I'm not sure I did, uh, or if I did, it was very close to the end. Uh, so you spend the, you spend a lot of this game at rank four, um, and it's a good place to be life wise and bullet wise. Uh, so I uh, I got that, and then I I got stuck here basically. And this is the first time I was really googling for shit um, because where the rocket launcher is, like you, the, the room, it's not in there. Like you walk in the room, it says the rocket launcher is in that room, but it's not fucking there. <laughs> and so I was like, what the fuck? I did a bunch of backtrack and running around, confused, pissed off, slash whatever. Um, and then uh, Googled it finally. And this you have to implement, implement the prisoner's shit and call Jennifer basically outside the room. Like I, try, I think I tried inside the room. I tried to call her. Uh, okay. But you have to, which I guess, you know, that's again just a limitation. It can't make things spawn, I guess, while you're there. Uh, and also, it would make sense. Like, where did it come from? You know, so uh, maybe there was some like narrative uh, motivation to not make it spawn when you call her from inside the room, too. But whatever. Uh, that's how you do it. You call her fucking outside the room, and then with the antenna equipped, uh, you call her outside the room, actually, and then um, the thing's in there. Um, okay. And yeah, how, you know how this? That's just an instance of like how the fuck. How would you ever, in a million years, you know, like, think right, to do it only like outside the room? It's I don't know. That's 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 with tough. the antenna equipped. That's that's a really tough go for as far as fucking intuitively being able to sort that out uh, without guidance. especially for a game that has kind of been holding your hand for so long. Right, especially with the course in the case of this map, you know. Yeah. Right. Whatever, but uh, you know whatever. whatever. No, I mean. Uh... So we are getting for far into it here, so solve some problems, I guess. Uh, right. So, so you got you once you have that, you know, you have your key to Arnold. So you go back to Arnold um, to uh, uh, well, actually, you can grab an ammo dump to pick up some ammo here because uh, you need the, once you get the rocket launcher, you're going to need ammo too. So you get get the ammo dump um, in the bottom left corner there, and then you can run up to the Petrovich room uh, that that's labeled. But actually, and it's it's just another trap. Uh, he's not actually in there. So it's like there's a there's a guy in there that looks like what the Petrovich sprite ends up being later on in the game. But when you walk up, one of those pit trap opens beneath it. Uh, and like if you didn't remember that, which like I said I did, is a real fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of is that this game gives you. You know, you walk right. in like oh my god, I found him, and like you're of course just beeline into his ass. Uh, and fucking yeah, if you're really hardcore going and you're not tentatively inching up to him. That pit will definitely get you. Those fuckers open fast, you know. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yep. Isn't yep. Petrovich a woman? No, no, no. Petrovich is a man. Hmm. Yeah, Doctor Petrovich is a man. He's got a daughter that you have to deal with. That's a woman. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, fucking. 
I shot that decoy in cold blood because he tried, yeah. to, <laughs> he tried, to, tried to kill me like that. So I fragged his ass, that motherfucker. Which that's the way I mentioned, too. If you do that to a prisoner, you lose a rank. Right, I was going to say. If you do it to an actual prisoner, you lose rank. Right. Um, Which is kind of fucked up, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, fucking. Because you yeah. can't go back. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, not yeah. enough prisoners to rescue to, like... I mean, you might, if you went from two, you, you could get maybe back up one, but you wouldn't be able to... You actually might not be able to beat the game, because I think you have to be level four to, like, call somebody at some point. Right, yeah. yeah. But that's what I said. Like, I definitely got more past level four, but it's a big gap. I think if you get everyone in the game, you might be able to get to five. Uh, right. But yeah, so, the, you know, so yeah, it gives you a little bit of buffer for what you're talking about. Because once you get to four, which I said I'm already at, I mean, clearly I'm, we're like maybe two thirds of the way through this. So fucking there's a ways to go and you definitely get more prisoners after this. Right. Um, so yeah, so then when you get that, you go back to the Arnolds after you deal with that false Petrovich shit. Uh, and they just run at you. So all you have to do really is stand at the edge of the room and fire a rocket off. And then you run down till they reset to their original position because, like, they like run like they're at one side of the room. You you're at the other, and like if you if you get on their horizontal um, pixel line, they like med- do a mad dash at you. You know, yeah, so, it's like, fast as fuck too. Exactly, yeah. So fucking if you yeah you step up there, fucking fire the missile at them, then run down, let them reset, and you just do that uh, rinse repeat, and fucking they're really not that tough. So they actually they they do have a drop. They drop key card seven, so you kill them, get that. Uh, and then you got to go do that really obtuse Jennifer call thing again outside the compass room to score that, um, again, like it's not there. So, you know, you've, you've already done it. So it's not nearly as fucking obtuse cause you know the mechanic, but got to do that again. Uh, and then this has like, I had forgot that the, the elevators here are one way you can only like, you have to like, you can't go back down the one, like they're, they're one direction. So like, until you figure that out, you're kind of like fucking stuck and it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to navigate the fucking elevators in this building but i forgot about that and ended up having to go back out up to the roof all the way and then you got to go through the level to get over to the other side to the elevator uh to get back out of this motherfucker so that was annoying but did that and you head outdoors to the uh, second outdoor area um and you're using your compass here there's a desert drops you into a desert basically with the scorpions so you have to have this, the compass equipped to get through the desert at all otherwise it's just a repeating screen situation and then even with that, there's scorpions here, and the way the scorpions work, or they're like they kind of they're like homing. There's like a bunch of them on the screen, and if you get too close to them, they like gravitate towards you and like circle you a little bit, and they drain your fucking health fast as fuck. And even if you oh. get a, like, you can kind of like if you run fast, you can kind of get them to drop off of you, but you stay poisoned. And this is where the antidote comes in. You have to right. go once you're poisoned. You have to go to the item screen, use the antidote like you would a, a ration. It doesn't go away. You do have unlimited antidote but still okay got to like physically use it um to stop the the life drain or you die pretty quickly Mm. um so you head up a little bit and you get to it's a maze screen basically there's there's a couple of these a couple jungle mazes in this game um and uh this is you're trying to head to to building five here which is probably my least favorite thing in video games is these stupid little fucking mazes Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't recall hearing a peep in the game about solving mazes. You know, there's no tips that I remember hearing. Um, and you know, fuck if I was gonna trial and error my way through some dumb shit like that. So yeah, I looked it up. And right. uh, yeah, I mean, there is there is definitely like I looked it up and saw what the solution was, and I was there is definitely no in-game information provided to solve this. So they expect you to trial and error your way through fucking. Um, uh, repeating screen mazes. Right. Yeah. I, I told you. I, I 
did some research on this because I was so agitated. The fucking I told you that the one guy did the um, did a transceiver dialogue ROM dump and, and checked it all uh, for this information. There, there's nothing in there. So no, wow. no, not at all. Yeah, no, nowhere. Not even like it was in the code and just they fucked up and didn't get to it anywhere. Like it does not exist. Yeah. So uh, it's just the world's biggest fuck you. Yep. So it's, yeah, this is the, the, this, the solution, this was first officially in quotations, uh, if that's how you want to word it provided in the counselor's corner section of Nintendo power issue number three. Uh, oh, okay. and that is a November issue that arrived five months after the June 88 release of this cart. Hey. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Rough. I mean, <laughs> well, here's the thing. there was a, there was a, a maze, at some point, I think, hmm, I can't remember when the maze was in this game, but um, I think, I want to say maybe right before the tank, was there one right before that? Uh, no, this this the first one I'm talking about is, this is the first one, there's another one, well, you might actually check that, you, there might be one, but you don't have to get through it, I don't think yet. There, might there be was one. a maze somewhere in this game that I trial and erred and figured out. And it went pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, wasn't I mean, all... yeah. The solutions were not impossible. I'm not saying they were. They were not. They were usually like two or three, uh, or no, sorry, three. Maybe I think one was three. Maybe one was four. Maybe they were both three. So yeah, it was not an obscene number. But I mean, you know, there were even. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I don't know. I figured it out very quickly, but like I was mad while I was doing it, and I was fully prepared just to go straight to Google. <laughs> and look at the playthrough because I didn't like that's not fun. Like, yeah, no, yeah that is not. It's no. not even possible for it to be fun. Like, you can have a bad aspect of a game where I'm like, eh, thanks for the effort, but it just didn't work out. Of uh, repeating mazes like you see in fucking is it Zelda one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fuck that's you, true. dude. Like, exactly. that's cheap. Yep. 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 Go fuck yourself, Konami, on that on that front. But yeah, good game, but fuck you. Yep. So yeah, the solution is actually. Just, covered i guess you, you, you take either the lower or upper left exits twice followed by the top exit once followed by the lower left exit once so four there's four steps in that um mm. yeah and at least they, they they do do you the kindness uh of a uh, fun little puzzle solved music cue <laughs> oh did they i didn't yeah. hear that yeah when you be oh, or is it yeah only on this one maybe uh no both of them oh yeah, you must have just missed it because def- they definitely do it uh, on both of them for sure. Right. Um, but that that's at least one little saving grace because that is, of course, a very satisfying feeling or sound rather. So you fucking get through that fucker. You get to building five, first floor building five. You immediately get a call from some cat named Schneider telling you about a gas room up ahead. So fist bump Schneider. Appreciate that. And you have uh, a plastic explosive fuel up room. Uh, with one of those perpetual motion roller things uh, and the flashlight on your way up to a hidden wall punch door uh, to a fire trooper boss battle situation. And he, as far as his mechanic goes, he stands in one place and like shoots a, a flamethrower beam out in, in waves in front of him. Uh, and I don't recall ever seeing this dude. And this is great. This is where I start to get on like a fresh experience path here uh yeah i'd never i'd never seen this i must have never found that door or not understood it or didn't get the fucking the, i think you need the thing to punch it open the fist or whatever um i had definitely never seen this fucking guy and uh the reco on the boss table is the submachine gun went with that and i quickly devised a cheat or devised rather a cheese tactic where you could kind of just stand around the corner to the right of him and spam his ass with the machine goes because the way the machine gun works it's kind of like that spray back and forth deal so it actually kind of wraps the corner a little bit 
uh, towards the one end of the spectrum of that way of the back and forth, uh, and you're able to get his ass with that's with a couple bullets on each pass uh, that way. You know. Yeah, I saw in the playthrough. I happened to catch that part, and the person just like ran up into that little alcove that he's sitting in and not moving, and they just ran up into the top part, top right part of that alcove, and then he could not hit them, and they just shot him to death with a handgun. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so you that, can that, get in there, and he can't hit you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, I was around that little corner. So yeah, I mean, that, same that thing work. essentially, right? Right. Uh, so you, once, <laughs> however, you frag his ass, uh, you. He's guarding Dr. Petrovich, the real one, not, not a fake one. And you go in there and you tell you, he tells you his daughter, Ellen, is being held captive. Uh, and then he kind of strong arms you into saving her if you want his help with Metal Gear. He tells you she's in building four. Um, but uh, I didn't see any prisoners that I hadn't gotten there on, on the map. So I was like, OK, well. I don't. All right, I'll, I'll let you know if I find her. <laughs> I'll go check again. <laughs> yeah, I'll go check again. Uh, so yeah, so I head outdoors, uh, and I get you go through. Um, that's where. I, yeah, so yeah, there is a jungle maze in, in the outdoor one area. You're right. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I got to go through that with no direction whatsoever to get to building four. Go check further. You know. Um, so yeah, the the path through that one is you left exit twice up left. There's two on the on the up boundary so you the, the the left uh, upper one once and then left again to exit so yeah they're, like, they're all kind of like in both cases they're like up and left you know uh so like and you're always going to come to these i think from the right so there's some level of like yes it's all kind of inherently motivating you to go kind of the solution but i don't know that's how the just uh, fuck you just there's no way i'm ever guessing that fuck you i can't did right. breathe the one and fuck you too jeb uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, see, well, you get through it, you get into building four, first floor, uh, you're backtracking through the post capture area here. Like, yeah, so building four is, is the, the building that you, um, were captured in mm. and, or, ca- uh, placed in after capture. Rather. Taken to, right. Yeah. And so you're backtracking through that area, uh, the way I went anyways, you're backtracking through that, uh, to the key card six door, uh, through that there's some dudes and dogs, uh, and then you go into this pitch black area where you need the flashlight. Um, and it's, you get in here and you get a transceiver call from Diane at one twenty ninety one, telling you not to fall into any, into any enemy pit traps. So thanks, Di. Nice. Uh, <laughs> very helpful information. Uh, and this, cause the, the, the pit traps are on the map, um, in this area and it would be just a real bitch, uh, without the map showing you where they are here. Um, cause there's a bunch of them to each screen and, you know, even no, even, you know, you there's obviously there's a ton of safe stating and fucking uh safe scumming kind of through this uh to beat it um without aggravation at least without with minimal aggravation and even with that like you're still it's it's like there's a couple where you're like you need to be on one pixel line uh to get through them and not cue the fucking things um to open up and it's it's not easy not fucking easy took me double digit tries for sure (laughs) to get through if you didn't have the map i have no fucking clue how you would do that part. Cause I don't know where you go back to after you die at that point, but like it's got to, it, it, at the very least, it's going to be a fucking pretty major inconvenience to track. I think all you, the always, way back. Don't you always go back. I feel like, no, I think it's rank. I think based on your rank, your you, rank changes your, your, your checkpoint. Um, so yeah, once you get through that, there's a, there's like a, a pretty nice little ammo and ration um, refueling stations, I call them at this point, you know, because you can choose them. Uh, so they're, they're, you refuel both those, which is nice to the developers. And the only area left to explore, so I got through there, I got that shit, and like the only area left to explore that I could see on the map 
uh, other than the end boss run in the basement of building three is the deep sewer shit in building two. So, you know, okay, that's what I got to do, basically. And it took me a bit, but I finally found the location of the oxygen tank in okay. three's basement, which is like, that's the end basement. So, like, again, I didn't think I had to go there, so I wasn't really checking on the map for items. Um, and the map is kind of busy, but I eventually saw the oxygen tank on, on the basement in three. So I was like, okay, work my way down there, got that. Um, and then headed back to two to use the oxygen tank and go into the sewers, right? That's that's what a fucking, okay, that's what I got to do. It's the only thing left. So I did that, building two, first floor, into the muck. Uh, it's cool, like, you, you, with the oxygen tank, there's two depths of, um, of, of sewer shit in those, like, sewer areas. There's, like, a, a shallow and a deep. And you, you, the idea is you go into the, if you go into the deep without the oxygen tank, you lose life, you know, so... Uh, but when you go into the deep, you submerge. So you get like a different sprite to show where you are. You can't see snake. It's just like this like bubbles or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a little bit of joy out of that, the submerged snake sprite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after, like, yeah. The, and the idea is that you, they want you to not be able to get through this without the oxygen tank. And the only because the only thing that happens is you lose life. This is the only consequence or gate. Uh, the only way to, to create a gate here uh, with the oxygen tank is to have like an obscene number of screens that you have to go through with the scuba shit on uh, in order to get to the other side. Otherwise, you'd be able to do it without the scuba and just ration your way through it, you know? Right, right. Uh, so it's a little bit of an annoying amount of these nothing happening but going through screens that are identical uh, to do it. But whatever, you get through those and you have to whack some regular dudes and then... Uh, remote missile, one of those heat panel things to get at a couple of doors. Um, and then there's, so the, the left door in this, in this fucking room is an ammo room with a, like a really dramatic uh, cliffhanger of a transceiver call from tran- from Schneider, the one who helped you when you came into whatever building, maybe this building. And he's telling you that he's unmasked the leader of the enemy fortress. It's unbelievable. But the enemy, enemy leader is, and there's like, no joke, dude, 15 dots of like <laughs> anticipation and then just ah exclamation 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 and that's the end of the message end of transmission <laughs> like really I, I can't take the fucking suspense you're killing me metal gear uh, <laughs> so yeah so you get that and yeah you get it's just like a little narrative nugget and then the right door is another boss battle with coward duck uh which is a very weird name i think very bizarre uh and the only thing i can imagine especially given the time is that it's some play on Howard the Duck, right? The only I mean, thing I came up with. Right, and immediately took my <laughs> mind there. Uh, but there's nothing about him that insinuates there's an overlap, uh, even if only, like, the loosest of connections. Um, he's uh, he's basically, the, the challenge with him is he's surrounded by three prisoners. So he's, like, standing against this wall, and then he kind of has this half circle of prisoners in front of him that you have to If you try to shoot him through, you're obviously going to kill a prisoner, and that will fuck you. So you basically, it's it's... Once you just figure out that the way he works and this, this is the only solution, you basically just run in there and kamikaze at his ass inside the circle, stand right next to him, and just fucking literally put the gun to his fucking temple. <laughs> and, <laughs> and pull the fucking, trigger a bunch. Yeah, drop bullets on his ass. Right. Um, yeah, so fucking you do that, kill his ass, um, and then uh, Jennifer calls you on your transceiver, tells you one of these POWs is her brother. And threatens to ghost you if you frag him. Um, so actually, yeah, you get in there, you get the transceiver call even before you fight him. So she tells you that, like, to give you the, I guess, the weight of killing these prisoners uh, before you even right. engage. You know, um, so you know not to kill any of them because one of them is ultra important. 
Uh, and there's also a pit trap in the middle of this room too, which is fucking Christ. You know, they're fucking got everything going on here. Right. Um, so yeah, the, yeah. His actual attack mechanic is boomerangs. He like throws the boomerangs out, and they kind of wind around in this illogical flight pattern, defying all laws of aerodynamics. Uh, but once they're out there, they're pretty easy to avoid. And like I say, you just run in, fucking dump on his ass with Beretta, and he gives you key card eight after you kill him, and then you talk to each of the printer, untie and talk to each of the prisoners, and Jennifer's brother identifies himself as such, which seems to me an odd way to introduce yourself to a total stranger. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's not I, how I do that. Yeah, I'm Jennifer's brother. Like, I guess, I guess it's theoretically the transceiver is an out loud thing, uh, and that's interesting too if you think about it. Uh, just from like a mecha- like a reality standpoint, like if you want to make that justification for him hearing the transceiver, that means you walked into this room with this with this hyper aggressive boss. Uh, throwing boomerangs at you. You got on your radio and just listened to a radio transmission out loud. <laughs> Everyone's chilling. Right, yeah, everyone, while you're doing that. Uh, so that's maybe that's how he would know to identify himself that way. Right. But either way, something's weird there. Um, anyhow, he uh, introduces himself as that, and then he tells you to take the left elevator in your getaway. And it's like, he doesn't tell you what getaway. Like, what getaway are you talking yeah, about? Should I be getting away now, or what are we talking about? Yeah, what exactly is that direction? But... It actually does have significance, and you will need to know it later. And when it comes up, you're glad you know it for sure. Um, so then the map. So I did that, and then I, you know, it, it, I was kind of like, okay, what now? Like I got a new key card, so usually that means like, okay, what do I do with this key card? Uh, that's that's the next thing. So I look on the map, and the only place that I hadn't gotten behind a key card seven door um, was there's the prisoner in building one. Um, and I needed remote missiles anyhow, so I, I was like, I, I was out of those, and I remembered I would need those later. So I fucking uh, headed over there, got the prisoner, got the missiles, uh, and it's actually a keycard one door that I went to. And the map was just mislabeled, uh, so, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so I got a, yeah. So that there's a couple a couple times that happened uh, in the game where you where uh, things are mislabeled, but so I got over there, got the prisoner I could have got much earlier. Uh, I avoided it for no reason earlier. Um, and that was a repeating thing. So then from there, I headed up to the Building 3 facade because that is the end of the game. And that's the only other place that these key card 7 works. And what else is there to do? <laughs> right? Sure. So I head up there. Uh, head up to the facade. Um, and then when you get to the front of that building, Big Boss stops ghosting you and gives you a call. And he tells you to get in one of the trucks. Um, and I just, you know, you hadn't heard from a while. And I, like I said, at this point, I was going blind. I did not remember what was happening or, or what, the, what the story was at this point. So, but because he had ghosted me, I felt like he was bullshitting me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, then, and then he did not have my best interest in mind. So I fucking ignored his ass and just went inside. Okay. Uh, and you get, yeah, you, the second you get inside, you get another call from him and he tells you to head to the door to the left. Uh, and if you do that, there's a pit trap, pit trap inside and nothing else. Um, and then this was just like I kind of took a step back here and like, you know, if you don't know the whole story that he's, you know, this duplicitous individual, um, it's kind of like he's being very vindictive about the end of our relationship. You know, I just feel I feel it's very immature, basically, like the way he's handled this the way he had the ghosting thing. And now he's trying to send me into bad spots, you know, uh, he's actively trying to kill you at this point. Right. Yeah. It's just fair. But, but again, you don't you again, you don't know. Well, you did get the message. But you, he didn't. You didn't hear what it was. Like the guy said, "I know. I found out who the the big bad guy is." But um, you know, you might assume that. You might make that connection. But it's not. 
plainly laid out to you yet. So right. it could just be the big boss is being very immature here. And uh, that crossed my mind. You know, I thought it was very mature, his behavior. Yeah, his uh, his behavior, actually the whole game to me, I found suspicious. Very immature. Or, again, going with bad <clears throat> cokeheads. That's how cokeheads are, man. Maybe he's, maybe he's getting, you know, in a bad place with substance abuse. Uh, very erratic. <laughs> Um, anyhow, uh, a click up from here. There's a bunch of pit traps to avoid before you hop on an elevator. Uh, and the elevator to this fucking basement is insane. <laughs> it's like four uh, screens of this super slow elevator animation to get down to uh, what is actually called the sub basement, uh, not just a basement. So at least they tack that sub on, I guess, to to warrant the, the length of time you have to go down the elevator. <laughs> this is not merely a basement. Yeah. Yeah. This is a sub-basement. And right. that actually, that makes a, a an appearance in some Metal Gear game, maybe for PS2, uh, to, to get to the last boss, you have to climb this ladder up to get to him, and you climb for like five actual minutes. <laughs> that's like, funny. And people that, are like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, no, it's, it harkens back to the first game. Oh, man. That's, you know, hearing all these things, again, like I, said, I haven't played the newer ones, man. Hearing all this makes me want to fucking try them out now because the, the fact that they have that much humility about their early shortcomings is really cool. I like that. Right, yeah. I mean, and people seem to like those games, so they're probably worth playing. Yeah, well, I, 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 I did have one. I want to say on PS3 maybe I had one. Uh, and, I, and I also might... I think I had... No, I think that was Splinter Cell actually. Um, on on PSP. Anyhow, I think I I think I had one for PS3 and I played it. I was a little bit into it. It wasn't great, but I was right. Either way, yeah, Metal Gear has some motifs that reoccur. Cool, 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 cool. So yeah, I so you get to the fucking get down to the sub basement and there's things that look like cameras, but they're not cameras. Uh, <laughs> they look just like them and they move just like them and they're placed just like them, but they're actually lasers. Uh, that fire these fucking beams of uh, uh, red beams at you that hurt you pretty badly. Um, mm. So you, you learn that the hard way. But there's those, and then a door to the right uh, has a POW that you can get, and he, and he breaks down the whole situation uh, with Big Boss. So um, the uh, fucking the curtain is pulled out from in front of the wizard here. Uh, you're told he's the supreme leader and the commander of Foxhounder. Uh, and he, uh, in quotations, he has been behind everything all along, uh, which is maybe the most trite phrase in all of drama writing. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is a cop out if I've ever heard one. Right. Uh, so that, so then immediately after that, you get a call from Big Boss in the next room telling you, <laughs> now, now he's like freaking out. Uh, he's like, he's in the next room telling you Operation Intrude N313 is canceled. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> just been canceled. Return Back to up. base. Return to base immediately. And it's like, ah, no dice, bro. The shit is no, about to be Yeah, I'm pretty deep into this, and yeah, I know you're shady now. I'm not just fucking yep. going home. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so there's some gas mask rooms. The second of which has mines too, which is you know the the importance of that is the gas mask is an item usage, a, a required item usage. And if right. you want to use the mine detector too, you, you have take to take the gas mask, mask off. off. You know, so that's like an Ugh. interesting little. Uh, it's almost like it's, like it's a challenge thing, but it's a challenge thing only within the hypothetical constructs of this game, not an actual narrative. Diff- you know what I mean? It's like it's it's only be- because of a glitch, basically, that's challenging, not an actual justified challenge. Yeah, if you put an actual human in that situation, they'd be like, "Well, I'll just use both." Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, which it's uh, it's kind of them being aware. <laughs> you know, just be using it anyways. <laughs> right. Too bad. Fucking figure it yeah. out. Um. So then one click up from that, you get a heat panel, and there's no box to blow it up. So again, it's just kind of just throwing shit at you here uh, in this last little stretch of the game. Um, 
and uh, so you basically Jennifer phones in. You get a, you get a call on your transceiver, and she tells you you just got to fucking run for it. Uh, so yeah, like if that's super fucking easy for you to say, Jenny, you're not the one that's got to peel your skull and ass off these fucking panels, right? <laughs> if you ran through them. Uh, so yeah, so you basically just have to run through them and just ration your ass until you get over there. So it's a little bit of a ration suck, but at this point you can now. Also... Do you have? I was gonna say, do you have enough rations at this yeah, point? Totally. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even you, know, you have a full. You, if you have a full life meter, uh, you probably you have to. I think maybe one ration you have to use, and maybe half of your second life bar. So it's like a bar oh. and a half of the takes, which is a lot if you didn't have the rations. But at this point, like I said, it's not really a problem. Actually, when I coded to this, um, the the heat floor wasn't on. No, but there, I suppose there's a reason for that, which we'll get into. Um, maybe I don't know. I think that might have just been a glitch, dude. There's a dude there. Maybe you glitched him off or something. No, I don't think so because you you, you code to it essentially, and you have no equipment. So like, uh, something's off. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. if, you, if you didn't have the rations to cross that floor, like you couldn't fucking cross it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so uh, the scratch of that, the the super computer boss battle, and uh, that yeah, that we've we've already mentioned a few times. There's a way to cheese right past the computer without having destroyed it. Uh, no, sorry, that's a password thing you're saying. There's a way to cheese past the computer without really destroying it. Uh, basically, um, uh, you, I think you can just run to the next room some way or another. Uh, but I of course didn't want to do that. I was trying to be a completionist here, so I didn't do that. So you walk in. There's four dickheads. Uh, that are, I don't know, fucking playing Wolfenstein 3D on that computer or something. I don't know why they're in this room. <laughs> like, like, why the fuck are these four dudes in this room? Uh, I don't, yeah, they're just like four normal-ass dudes uh, standing there. Uh, so you kill them super quick. Uh, and then I remember, like, it was the pla- – I knew – well, the, the boss table, too, says it uh, – to use your plastic explosives on it, right? And I did that, all of them, and I had a max amount, and nothing fucking happens. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I Google. And apparently, I need to find Petrovich's daughter. And oh, she's, my God. She's in a room in Building 4 I skipped over because the map said it was a pitfall and nothing else. There's no fucking goddamn prisoner on the key in Building 4, so I had no fucking idea. I was so reliant on this map that I didn't even uh. think to check it, you know? Uh, and that's just like, ah! <laughs> So yeah, that. Was, oh, so I God. told you I could have beat this game in two playthroughs. This was the end of my second play. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just put it down you. and left. Um, I'm glad I didn't finish because if I had gotten to that point, I would have been fucking infuriated. Yeah. I, I would have been heated, dude. I was fucking. I was. I was to say the least. I was heated. So I come back uh, uh, again later on in the next morning or something, and I go and do that. <laughs> uh, she tells you her pops was blackmailed into creating Metal Gear. Yeah, fucking right. Uh, so then, you, of course, you got to go back to Petrovich, and he tells you the Metal Gear is about 20 kilometers north of Building 5, which is some more metric bullshit. means nothing right. to me. <laughs> uh, so basically, um, sub, uh, he's talking about Building 3, which I was already in, and I knew. So I go back there to sub-basement with that information uh, and uh, do that asinally long elevator ride again. So you got to use your plastic explosives above the computer. I know that, but basically, uh, the, he t- so yeah, he tells you like his exact words are: no matter what, you have to set sixteen explosives. So then you get the number. Uh, which the thing is, I did that before. Right. I set twenty, you know, the max amount. But the catch is apparently the original version had a specific sequence that he told you 
uh, the way the explosives had to be set on Metal Gear. And that's what this is. The supercomputer is a replacement for Metal Gear. Uh, and I still, like, I don't get, you still have a screen, like, how, why couldn't it be, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't put Metal Gear in there, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, because it's just a screen with some fucking pixels on it, like, why couldn't that have been arranged in the, in the way, uh, the Metal Gear looks, and not this another thing. boss battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the screens, they, like, I, I don't, I don't understand, but, and, like, the, you had fucking space to run these stupid fucking mazes, at least three of them, by my count, like, <laughs> cut those fucking things out. Yeah, if anything, yeah. Uh, Not yeah, the so, fucking opening credit music and the fucking final boss. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he. So yeah, so yeah. That's the thing. So so basically, he was originally his his message here was telling you the sequence. There was apparently like a really specific, like you, there were there were the two feet of the Metal Gear. You had to lay them down. Like you had to hit like the left foot, then the right foot, then the right foot again, the left foot, left foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, left. Like it was like some sort of like back and forth sequence that you had to do exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the plastic explosives on the Metal Gear Sprite in order to beat it, to blow it up. Uh, and I actually, I, you know, we'll get to that, but fucking, um, so here they just changed the message to, you need to set 16 ex- plastic explosives to beat the computer. So, okay, now I know. Um, and, and now it's time to go back. He actually, he mentions, uh, fucking, or not he mentions, but his, his Sprite, the, the po- after you rescue him, the po- given the context of where you're at, like you have not destroyed Metal Gear, the world is still in peril. And uh, his his sprite is like really celebratory. <laughs> like it's like he, he's like a very celebratory uh, sprite after you rescue him, even though you haven't. I guess you know he would be happy that his daughter is safe, but still. It, but it she's not, not really. I mean, well, I guess yeah, yeah, exactly. This fucking weapon is still in, intact, um, right. and he's still in the military base and clearly a prisoner. So uh, it seems a little premature to be stoked. I think. Um, anyhow, okay. Now I beat the computer. Sixteen explosives. Super cake. Uh, and yeah, it's literally just a thing. Like you just you have to do that sequence with his daughter and then talk to him. There's no even you do the exact same thing you do before that, um, uh, and it, and it doesn't work, you know. And just right. after you talked, now it works. And like yeah, you know, like yeah, the it's funny. Like I think like what like what would this computer be? Like it's like a fucking probably like a 75 megahertz 486 DX Acer. <laughs> like, you know, it's like <laughs> if you think about what like an advanced computer would have been in '87, it's probably like uh, you know a fucking iPod. <laughs> yeah, we've all got not, better computers in our fucking pocket now. Not even an iPod. Right. That's, that's a supercomputer. Uh, so you do that once you bl- you blow that up, and then this 1500 count timer um, starts. And it's basically for a self-destruction sequence of the fortress itself. Uh, and, and, and um, you know, you might want to consider evacuating now. Uh, and they're not seconds either. They're much the, – the unit of, t- of time that this 1500 represents is much smaller than a second. So it's going down pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go through the right door to the right of, the, uh, of that computer, and you're confronted with what is then the final boss, Outer Heaven. He identifies himself as such, I believe. And, uh, well, it's on the boss table, too, even if he doesn't. And he gives you this really long speech, uh, kind of reiterating his duplicity, and then proceeds to give you some backhanded compliments, suggesting you're, uh, you're not nearly as incompetent as he assumed. <laughs> and, and, he, and he closes with, if I'm going to die, you're coming with me. Uh, so big boss locked up a best supporting ask Oscar with that, uh, little line for sure. It's a great <laughs> performance and real nice monologue. And then you, uh, he is without to, to the game's credit. He's without a doubt the hardest boss. Um, partly because so did, yeah, you said you, you did the code thing, right? Did you? Yeah, like so I, yeah I did. And I, I know the way to cheese, uh, getting to him is if you walk into the room with the computer, which should be metal gear. 
mm-hmm. uh, and those four guys are there, if you don't take a step forward at all and you just immediately hold uh, right on the D-pad, like you're essentially right in that doorway still that you just came in, mm-hmm. then you go straight to oh yep yep yeah I remember that to that dude. Though I was able to do that and I was able to. Uh, beat the shit out of the four guys in the room, beat them to death, and then walk <laughs> over to the room and battle him. I could not touch him because I had no equipment, and he could not be punched. So I was not able to beat him. Right, so you, you just have to run by him then is the idea then, yeah? Oh, I didn't even think to try and go yeah, on the I, I, Yeah, I think you don't have to. I think you can just. I think that's the whole thing with that thing is you don't have to beat it. And that's, again, where I say, like, I had this vague memory. How did I not beating, think of that? Right. Yeah, I had this vague memory of beating the game, but... I don't you remember. Did. How, I didn't know how to beat the boss. I had to beat that final either of these bosses. You right. know, I did none of this stuff. So like, that's exactly what I must have done. Ah, uh, see. yep. Because yeah. So basically, so yeah, he's fucking super hard. But like, probably because you know the the yeah, just comparatively the rest of them were so easy is, is part of it, I guess. But there's also some nuance to him. If, if you get like he basically he can run around the room. Like he you know he's not just stuck to some little track like so many of them are. So if you get too close to him, uh, to make it easier to hit him. Uh, he will dash around the periphery of the room. So trying to pin him down uh, to hit him with the rocket launcher, which is a very, you know, it's a very direct weapon um, that you need to kill him, is not fucking easy to do. So it took some work. Uh, I think I went through a couple of rations, but I, I did beat him. But it, like I said, it wasn't easy. And then uh, I took the left elevator in your getaway. As, the as you were so instructed. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew like it, and like it was. It's cool too because it was like an instance where I didn't know where that was would be used. And the second I killed him, and I had this timer going, I'm like, oh, get away, left. Yeah, I knew, if I knew not now, then when? Yeah, I knew that. I knew that left. I took that. Left, I don't even know what's in the, the other door. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you go through there, and they thankfully don't make you do the whole elevator ride. You only have to go up to the top of the screen, which was nice of them. Uh, and it, it cuts from the second you go off that first elevator screen, it cuts to the very same view you get uh, at the beginning of the game, the opening cinematic with the parachute jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it cuts to that view with no plane, of course, and the sky is like flashing, you know, like a pretty cool flashing fucking animation uh, to signify the fortress exploding. And then it cuts straight from that to the transceiver and you get kind of like this epilogue deal. Uh, and then also the end credits, which again is a really cool, um, I don't know, uh, you know, implementation in, as opposed to just having text scroll on the screen again, using this in game thing, the transceiver to present you with all this post game information was cool. Uh, it uh, so I, I'm here. I guess I guess let me say what happens when you beat the game the real way, and tell me if this is what happened when you did it your way, because um, I'd be curious if it gives you the same thing, you know. Uh, uh, well, I actually didn't. Like I said, I didn't beat the game. Oh, you um, didn't go through the thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I did never. I was trying to kill Big Boss. Like I thought for sure I had to kill him. Maybe those doors wouldn't open. I just didn't try to go through. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, I saw it beaten so on the playthrough you, though. So you when you enter. So it's a password you entered. You're saying right? Yeah. Okay, so you enter that password, then where the fuck does it drop you off? It drops you in that heat room okay. right before the computer room. And it's off. So the idea must be that you're supposed to run out and go back in the game some way and get weaponry? I or... don't think you can go back. I think, like, honestly, if, if what you're saying is right and you can just go into that left elevator... Then it's just a way to cheese literally to the end with no... Literally to the end of the game, right. Because then you could just walk in that room, immediately take a step to the right, or beat those four guys to death. You couldn't blow up the computer. Right. So I don't know if that door opens up or not, and then you could just run to the left. I, I want to I say it is just a punch door. I don't think it's a key card door. Let me, let me actually look at this map here. Right. 
Uh, yeah, it's not labeled, so I think maybe it's just a punch or it just opens. Yeah, so in theory, you could just run, like, you could put right. that code in and just run to the very end. Word. Word, which is cool that it, that it, it, it works. If you want to see the end of the game, cool, but you're not, you know, it's just, it's literally just a, a free pass to that and not any sort of satisfaction. That's cool, right. you know? Cool. Well, okay. So you do beat the fucker the right way. Uh, or maybe, like I said, maybe you get this too. Um, but uh, you get a report. Like it's Snake. First of all, it's, it's Snake talking to the transceiver and he's communicating to the base, apparently. Uh, he's tell, he says that the you know Operation Intrude N313 is success. He's returned to base. And then it like cuts to uh, a news report kind of explaining the explosion. Again, this is all, this is all transceiver based. It there's no, there's no change visually, but it, it cuts to the text cuts to a news report explaining the explosion, like what it was, which was like, it's kind of a complicated, something about a fucking, you know, I can't remember what exactly it was. It was, it was, it sounded like a news report though, like very, uh, formal to a degree. Yeah. Um, and then, and I think it also tells you some like a station name too. So like it very, it very much clearly labels it as a news report. Um, and then it goes from that, which is this was really cool too. It goes, it does the news report thing, and then you get a message that says, "This, this is your computer speaking. Here are the, here are the creators of your Metal Gear game." And then it rolls the credits in the transceiver message box, which is I think a really cool. Um, little preface kind of to the credits like this is your computer speaking you know <laughs> like that's that's cool right uh, so yeah it rolls the credits and it's yeah it's it's, it's pretty like, all that shit happens there's a lot of information there uh and then again the styling of the credit uh presentation like it was a pretty cool uh in credit sequence much more so than your customary stock shitty game over kind of deal you know right uh, pretty fucking satisfying which i mentioned having problems with games uh that did not do that before so that was my experience with Metal Gear, or our experience with Metal Gear. There were a few postscript things uh, I did want to bring up before we cut over to fucking the, the blessing phase. Um, I never used the Siggies in the game. Did you use the Siggies? No, I didn't. And and I saw online somewhere that it's like, uh, or maybe it was like in the instruction manual or something. It's like, yeah, you don't really need these until like you do. Right. And that's a perfect allusion to the thing I when we were talking about the instruction manual. I said like kind of like, you know, just gives you a little hint, like maybe like something. It's a little nugget of information, but not the literal usage, which is interesting. Right. Um, and yeah, and this was, so you, you don't know what they're used for then? I do not. Okay. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, yeah, I never fucking found it uh, in game for sure. And uh, the only place they serve a purpose uh, is once, and, and this is something you have in all the games too. This is another recall thing, which is interesting that a pack of cigarettes was fucking in the game at all, uh, considering it's a goddamn kids' game. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's also interesting that they're, and I'll get to this in a second, they're beneficial to you at the most stressful moment in the game's story. Uh, so not only are cigarettes present in, present in a children's game, but they're useful to you when you're most stressed. You know, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, so they basically only serve a purpose once the fortress self-destruct sequence starts. So you blow up the computer, and then you get that timer, right? And if oh. you go, if you, 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 once that starts, you can go to your item screen, and you go to the cigarettes, and then you, for the first time you can use them. You, if you click the button on them at any other point in the game, nothing happens. They stay there, nothing happens. Uh, but if you do that here, they disappear, and then you're awarded an extra thousand of whatever the fuck those time units are uh-huh. uh, to to get out of the building and escape. So they're like, yeah, they like basically calm you down <laughs> when you're right. all stressed out at the end of the game, which is fucking really interesting implementation of fucking cancer sticks. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, hey kids, if you're ever stressed out, cigarettes help. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. I didn't know that. Yep. That was, yeah, I never knew it too. Not that you would necessarily need it. No, yeah, I, I definitely I didn't need it. Well, I mean, the timer's running while you're battling Big Boss, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, if you're having trouble with them, there's a possibility that it would be helpful for sure. Right. Uh, I'm saying, yeah, it, it did. It, I mean, it didn't even cross my mind that I needed more time, though. I never, I didn't run into it. But it seems like he was able to be defeated with the rocket launcher fairly quickly. Right. With yeah, within within the, the timer, anyways. Like I said, it was a little bit challenging, but not not right. not. You could do it. Yeah, not where I was. God damn, how do I? I gotta get more time. <laughs> yeah. Cigarettes, man. Oh my god, I have some. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, like we've mentioned, we touched on it a bunch, but just to get like thoroughly talk about it, the the fact that the you know, the removal of the Metal Gear tank from the game and getting that boring super computer to replace it, like yes, it was a technical limitation, uh, but I did want to pull up a gameplay video of the MSX version to see what the fuck it looked like, and uh-huh. uh, I recommend doing so. It's it's definitely looks way fucking cooler. <laughs> uh, the graphics but, are better on the MSX. Yeah, definitely. Looks yeah, nice. Definitely. Um, but I think that was like a gaming dedicated computer. It wasn't just like, um, you know, uh, uh, PC. Like so, yeah, like so many of, of, of the U.S. computers that were multi-utility. Uh, right. Anyhow, uh, yeah, it, it was just a very stationary thing, though, that you had to put, the, like I mentioned, that sequence you had to put the plastic explosives onto. So, there, you know, there's a couple of the laser cameras in there that you got to dodge while you put them down. But you know, big fucking deal, basically, you know. So Metal Gear is uh, not even shooting at you. No, yeah. So it, it's very much the same exact fun- functionality. So like as much as you want to bitch about it, it's a cooler sprite and it's gone. Like the change didn't really. It might as well have been a computer. Yeah, yeah, it might as well have been a computer. But then on the same token, like it might as well have been Metal Gear. Like we already said, uh, yeah, because it's the same functionality. At least it looks cool. Yeah, right. I mean it, like, it, the computer looks fucking dumb actually. Yeah, and I would think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the code for those fucking missile for those cameras are fucking is a little more complex than the code for the enemies but they're i don't well i don't know i guess i only looked at i don't know if i looked at a video or a, or just a screenshot maybe there are enemies in that room too i was going to say like i would think the the algorithm or the computer code that controls those cameras would be um maybe a little more complex than that of the stupid enemies that are in, that appear a million times that there's four of them in that computer room you know right. maybe they couldn't do that and it's easier to have the code for the fucking enemies and maybe that's part of it i don't fucking know but right Whatever. Um, so that was interesting. It fucking looked cool, but kind of the same functionality that, that was uh, in there for the computer and the Metal Gear. Chain. Is this where we would talk about the uh, what the password is exactly to get to the end of the game? Sure. Yeah, if you want to actually say that. Is it different? Um, w- well. Or notable, I guess is a better way to say it. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's um, the password I used to get the end of the game with no equipment is... So you go to the, the continue section on your title screen, and then it goes to your transceiver, which is where you put your password in. We right. talked about that. And you type in, fuck me, and then fill the rest of the spaces with one, and then you teleport to the end of the game. Really? How the fuck do I not remember that? I have no idea. Because like, you said you did it, and I was like, how, do you, or how are you not reacting to what the password is? <laughs> well, I, don't, I, you know, I clearly don't clearly remember it. Right. Maybe I didn't do that because I feel like that would be impossible not to remember, dude. Yeah, and more importantly, how, how did how did anyone obtain that information? That would no not idea. Been, that is not in fucking Nintendo power for sure. We're not going to talk about it in our episode or in our fucking uh, issue fucking episodes. So I don't know where people got that from, but right. that's the password. Fuck me one 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 one. That is crazy as fuck, man. And it's like it's just like another example of like 
like these designers like finding these little ways to like yeah. inject have, sexuality into these games. Yeah, or, or have or not even sexuality, just fun, you know, of any kind. I yeah yeah, but I like no, that's not that's not a sexual context context or con- that's not a sexual usage of the word fuck. Not necessarily, <laughs> but like I don't know, like then you would think it would be just like fuck one 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 or something but like oh, fuck me is like an actual thing people say about not they're not necessarily referring to being fucked jack come on we don't need to get into the nuances of the english language here but fuck me can very much be a non-sexual context thing well, well then again though i mean the people that were using this english weren't native speakers so they well know. the people the people that wrote the original game maybe not the nes game that localized it here yeah i guess i, don't, I guess i don't know but i i, I found it sexual like it just it seemed like another example it's certain it's certainly it's certainly not not a child thing for sure and this is right game for children so it's interesting no question either way anyway you slice it up Um, yeah and like you said they're not going to fucking print that in a game magazine so that's weird but so how did it get disseminated yeah that's like that's the most interesting thing about it actually not even like sure the developers dropped that in there but people got wind of that like i apparently maybe i don't know maybe there's another version of it or something i don't know man that's crazy uh, the only other thing I had was uh, while looking at that video, uh, yeah, so I did look at a video, but I, while looking at the MSX version, I, I saw the inventory screen, and there's there's uh, there was gear on there not in the game in the NES version. Uh, oh. Parachute uh, that I assume is just like you balled that up after you fucking parachuted down, and then you probably had to use it for something somewhere, um, which I found that interesting that there was like a little bit of a change in that regard too. Right. Uh, I would like to have known. I like more items. More items, the better. So that is fucking Metal Gear for the NES. On to King Lord's Blessing. That was the boss battle music, uh, bringing us back to the final section here. Our verdict, King Lork's blessing, or his blessings, so to say, from the both of us. Right. Um, I, I can't imagine from you that <laughs> it doesn't win the blessing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Uh... Stated many times over how much this game means to me. So uh, it is a resounding yes... Uh, for sure, uh, which is probably not a very suspense-filled thing to say, but um, it, well, yeah, it, it, you know, it was without a doubt a cathartic experience for me, uh, and, and and obviously a lot of that, or some of that, if not most of that, is nostalgia-based. But there was enough that felt unfamiliar to me, as I've I, I touched on a little bit on, the, on probably the last third of this, uh, that felt like a first-time experience. Uh, so I think my takeaway is, is not only fueled by fond memories, and, and it's genuine. Um, you know, I, I think this is, it's a fucking wildly progressive game for the time, um, even more progressive for the NES specifically, given what the, the landscape of what your gaming options were on the, on, the, on the console at the time. Like, I think so much about it is fucking commendable and, 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 and cutting edge for, you know, uh, if that's not too grandiose. Like, it's, it's fucking just a... This, there are plenty of flaws, and we talked about a bunch of them, and there's some, you know, there's some parts about it. I mean, the, the, like, the map being an example that streamlines so much of the process, but I, on the flip side of it, I don't know how you could even kind of wade through this without it. Like, at the NES graphics level, you have to have that kind of, like, real-world guidance, because you just can't 
intuitively interpret that shit uh, from this elaborate of a gameplay concept, you know. Um, uh, so it's it's a requirement, and like there's like the trade off of the, you know you, some of it's too direct, but you don't have a choice. What else so, are you gonna do? Right. So I mean, yeah, there's 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 flaws to it, no question. It's not by any means a perfect experience, uh, even by NES standards. But they were so far ahead of what the systems limitations were in the their gameplay aspirations that uh, i think they did a damn good job of, of making something that was new and different and um you know i, I mean I, I it's no surprise to say that like it completely fucking enraptured my fucking uh my my however old i was seventh eighth grade mind uh and in the and immersed me in the game world and i was fucking just loved every second of it uh even as i was telling you failing like i didn't you know, i didn't beat this as a kid in any sort of real way uh even if i did use that code so like the fact that i had a hard time with it uh and didn't even get through it and still have such like incredibly fond memories of it is, is a testament to what a good job they did to paint a story world and create a fucking game environment that like totally sucked me in you know mm-hmm. so yes fucking yes <laughs> And you, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a good game. So I, I'm I'm really on the fence with this one because it it's it's a good game. It does the stealth thing well, and like you were saying, it has the limitations. Like when I started playing it, I did not expect them to work, and not only did they work, but they worked well and predictably. So you could, you know, you could count on enemies not glitching and seeing you when they weren't looking at you and shit like that. Um, so you, you could actually, you know, play the game in a consistent manner all the way through. Um, you know, some of the item shit was annoying. Like I really fucking hated, um, and again, if you didn't have the map, like you would be stuck with, like, if you come to a door and it didn't open, it doesn't tell you it doesn't open because you don't have key card four. Yeah. Yeah. It just well, that, doesn't open. Yeah. That was another one I posted the the thing on uh, the Reddit post with the item screen. Like that was one of the reoccurring comment jokes too. It was like, oh, key card one. Nope. Try key card two. Nope. Try key card three. Like literally, just you you get to a point if you're not using that map where yes, you get to a door that you haven't encountered, and you literally have to go to your item screen and just try every one of them uh, to to get through it. You know. Right, uh, and that could be like whatever if you were just like in a room by yourself and it's no big deal, but there are times where like yeah. an enemy's chasing you because you've been noticed and like they're right on your ass. Now you got to, you know, open up the screen seven times to try and figure it out. Or maybe you're in a gas room and you're not exactly sure which one. So like each time you take that fucking gas mask off, you're taking damage. So again, like you said, not a perfect game. There are things that annoyed me about it. I didn't like the mazes and shit like that. Some of the bosses were kind of meh. Um, but it's undeniably a good game. I, nobody's going to play this game and be like, this is not a good game. Right. Um, so it, it's hard for me to, to get too down on it because it, you know, it was revolutionary and the things that they did, they, they actually did very well where they could have easily failed given the <laughs> platform that they had with the NES. Right. Um, so I also, I, I give it my blessing uh, King Lork's blessing, actually. I guess I don't matter, but uh, <laughs> he, he's running the show. So, um, yeah, I, I do give it to it because although we, I don't we, think I'm ever going to play are this his, game what, again. What would you call like the, what, what's it called? Like the court? Uh, oh, the retainers. Well, retainer? No, not retainer. Like, like it would be like a part of the staff more so than just like one of the goons. Uh, but like the the person, the secretary. Like, what what, what would be like a a, a, a royal secretary within the confines of of, oh, of, of, of king's king's court like what's that called i can't believe you don't know it offhand i can't believe i don't know it offhand to be honest i can't think it's of it scribe of some kind or something yeah, yeah. scribe or something we are, but we are, we are his scribes 
Yeah, I mean, we speak with some of his authority. uh, (laughs) And considering that, I I do give it his blessing. Um, I'm not going to play this game again, um, but it's it's not at all a bad game. And if if someone does play through it, uh, you know, I I think you will enjoy it. You'll see a lot of, uh, like we were talking about, just like proto features of games and like uh, features that exist in games now without a second thought. And it's yep. it, the only difference is it's on paper and a map that you get with the game. And, uh, yeah, so so they were, you know, it's fucking... They had concepts, and uh, they were good concepts, and they worked at the time. And then they were, you know, mixed into games from that point onwards. So, oh, yeah, it's yeah. hard to deny it, actually. Right. Fucking A. Okay. Two for two, two times in a row. I like yeah. it. I like it. Improving. Moving in the right direction on our choices. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Well, which isn't necessarily the objective, but... Right, uh, yeah, of course, but it is still nice. It is still nice to enjoy. Yeah, and again, yeah. I think we're looking at it rose-colored glasses because the first one was Ghosts and Goblins and fun. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever gets us to a happy place, man. You can't... That's you true. Should never fault someone's happy place, however they get to it. I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so that is episode... Uh, what is this? Seven... Right? It's episode six, seven. I think, I six think. episode sorry, episode six of the Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast. Uh, subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean. Please rate and leave positive shit ratings and reviews for the pod, whatever platform you do listen to it on. Help us out with that, please. And you can follow the pod on Facebook. You can email us at iosohpodcast at gmail.com. Got a Twitch and Discord, although Twitch switches policy. Twitch is probably going to become near inactive, uh, if not totally. Uh, but Discord's always there. Uh, Jab, what are your socials? Uh, I still have none, and I'm actually cutting down my Reddit usage. <laughs> and uh, since I've been ups- unsubscribing to like certain subs, uh, I've noticed an improvement in my life. So I'm cutting down the little bit of social media that I do have, and it's having a positive effect on my life. You should all do the same. Uh, my socials are Twitter's uh, at Josh Folan, Instagram's at my shift key is broke, and next episode actually we had our we had our first uh, we mentioned it would be kind of a moving target uh, the uh, maybe what periodicals we used. I learned while doing research uh, for this game that there is a Sega vision or there is a pre- a Sega published predecessor to Sega Visions that is very much uh, like Nintendo Fun Club News. Only a few issues, very trimmed down, uh, and that uh, we should be doing that too. Jab and I decided that we should be doing that too. And we're not, we only, we only, I think we're maybe ahead of two issues um, in our timeline related to Nintendo Fun Club News uh, to that Sega newsletter. So we're going to do, instead of going to Nintendo Power 1, which uh, we certainly were excited about and a little bummed to be delaying maybe to some degree, but it is cool to find this other little relic that I knew nothing about uh, prior to this, we are going to do issues 1 through 3 of Sega... What the fuck? I don't even remember what the fuck it's called. The Sega newsletter. Remember. Yeah, it'll, it'll certainly be in our marketing on the episode title. But it's, it's, it'll be all Sega-based, and that's our first touch of Sega. Uh, a lot of it probably uh, Master System and not Genesis yet uh, in those issues. So all that will be very new to us. And given the reduced popularity of this of the Sega Master System, maybe new to you as a listener. <laughs> probably new to you as a listener. So we look forward to that. That's next time. And okay, bye.